Hi, it's Andy and Alpina. Actually, let's do it like one of those really stupid old phone uh, answering machines. Hi, it's Andy and Alpina. How you guys doing? Thanks for listening to the St. Louis Happier podcast. Great episode. We just got done recording it. We have so much stuff going on. We talk. We do a big breakdown. We actually we had to. It was this episode is so long, guys, that we had to break it down into three different segments. We talk about the blues. And then we have a guest actually today. We have, we have Todd Thomas from Porter Party DJs. Uh, he has been the DJ at the past two PGA championships. Uh, he's kind of their in store, uh, kind of keep people shopping, keep the vendors from going crazy, playing good music for everybody. So we talk about that. Uh, we talk about is, uh, is music dead? How I met my lovely, how John met Lauren. And then finally, we wrap things up with a fantastic with a fantastic segment of Take It or Leave It. It's all happening in this episode of the St. Louis Happy Hour podcast. Alpina, you want to add anything in? No, you did a great job. I love doing the show. I love having you around. Hey, this podcast brought to you by Henry Plumbing Showroom. If you've been looking for that special plumbing fixture, you just can't seem to find it at the big box store. You're looking for something kind of cool, something kind of different for your kitchen or your bathroom. They don't have it the big box stores, they get a limited supply of different stuff from the big manufacturers. Well, guess what? Henry Plumbing Showroom, they get all the stuff from the big manufacturers too. American Standard, Delta, Prezo, LK, Crosswater, and a huge array of European and American-style plumbing fixtures. 17 area locations, including St. Louis, Cape Girardeau, Alden, Washington, Missouri, and coming very soon to a beautiful new showroom in the Edwardsville area at One Cottonwood Industrial Park right here in Glen Carbon. Open your eyes to a whole new world of plumbing fixtures outside of the big box stores when you visit your local Henry Plumbing Showroom. Go online to find the nearest Henry Plumbing Showroom at henrykitchenandbath.com. That's henrykitchenandbath.com. Henry Plumbing Showroom, our sponsor, here on the STL Happy Hour podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. is the St. Louis Podcast Network. Freezing cold in Einstein, Einstein, You're the cold maze of Salem. Freezing cold in Einstein, Einstein, All right. breathe a little bit. I'm with that. It's the STL Happy Hour Podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. Andy Hanselman, John Alpina standing there alongside... Thanks so much for joining us. I'm telling you, that song grows on me, man. Every single time I hear it now, it just grows more and more. The first time I heard it, I was like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? That's exactly. like the, I think that's the only way you can hear that song. The first time you hear it is just go, what the 
hell is this? But it's good. Hell? Yeah. It's good. It, it really spells this show out. <laughs> it is episode 14 of our little podcast. We started back in November. October? October. Did one and I posted it like three months later. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first one got posted sometime in December. It did. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. You can find us anywhere that you find your podcasts. They are on the podcast app on your iPhone. They, uh, we are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. And we are on Google Play Music. Just search STL Happy Hour. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, leave a comment, recommend us to your friends. Yeah. Share it. It's incredible for me to do. Brought to you by Henry Plumbing Showroom. 17 area locations. Visit them online. HenryKitchenAndBath.com. That's HenryKitchenAndBath.com. Usually we're a very, we're, we, we try to be kind of topical, if you will. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the, the, the topic right now is sports. Yeah. Blues. Blues. I mean, For the blues. first time in history of the, of the St. Louis Blues organization, as they say, uh, as Ron Caron used to say, I. You know, the organization needed to make a change. We had some meats on the burner. I, 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 that means it was time to make a trade. When yeah. he said, we said there was meat on the burner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, just as a sports story in general, you don't even have to be a St. Louisan um, or have been a fan of the Blues, but when you look at the story of the St. Louis Blues so far, and obviously they still have to finish the journey at hand. They I do. Mean, There's still one more game to win. I mean, what in the world, though, man? They were last place. They were last place. I mean, last place. Even if they lose, which is Blues fans, some of the most tor- one of the most tortured fan bases in the country. Them and Mizzou, yeah, Mizzou football and Mizzou basketball, yeah, tortured fan base. If you're a fan of both, God help you. Help your soul, man. Yeah, help your soul. You you're, just, you're just a glutton for punishment. Imagine being a Cubs fan, a Mizzou fan, and a Blues fan. Well, at least now, if you're a Cubs fan, you got yeah, to win. Yeah, I mean, but prior, prior yeah. to 2016. Yeah. Tortured fan bases. I've always felt um, bad. I guess felt bad. That's that's giving it too much power. But I, I've, always, I've always felt for Blues fans. For, like, real Blues fans. Yeah. You know, like the real fan, the ones that the have real, season tickets that show yeah. up, that live and die, bleed blue. I've yeah. always felt, I've always just felt for them. I consider myself a Blues fan, a hockey fan. Sure. I have for years. Not to that extent. No, yeah, I'm not. not I'm the guys. same way. I like. I love it. I love. I've always loved. Sports, I've always loved man. it too. I mean, sports have been my life my entire, my entire time growing up and all the way up and through adulthood. And uh, but I'm not a full fledged bluesier, as they are affectionately called. Yesterday was a history making day. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, May twentieth. Yesterday was Sunday, May nineteenth. Game five of the Western Conference Finals in San Jose. We had a hat trick. We had a penalty shot, and we had a shutout. Those things have never happened in Stanley Cup playoff history in one game. Altogether for all of the organizations or just the Blues? The entire NHL. Oh, my God. I, wow, is, wow, wow, I is, didn't know that. That has never had. There's never been a hat trick, penalty shot, and shutout all in one game. Wow. I, I honestly did not know that. Yeah. Was, of all the weird little facts that I, my brain yeah. normally can compute and do with sports, that is not one of them I knew. Wow. Other, other things, uh, facts... From yesterday's game, the Sharks were, I believe, going into this game nine and one on odd numbered games. And yesterday was game five. Yeah, wow. So they, so 
the the numbers were ever in their favor. The Blues really throttled them yesterday. That was as complete a domination as I've seen up until I guess Game Seven with Dallas. Dallas Stars Game Seven was the same way, except we didn't score. Obviously, they had to go to two oh, overtimes for us to win. Game seven was not that kind of throttling. No, no. Yet, yet, yesterday's game, Sunday's game, yeah. game five against the Sharks was incredible. I was honestly trying to think, have you seen a better Blues game in your time? Like a better total domination from start to finish against a more than worthy adversary and in the playoffs? No. I mean, I can't think no, of anything no, no, like no. that. In the playoffs? No. No. No, no, no. I, you have to, you have to kind of... Obviously, you credit the players. But, I mean, you really have to credit Doug Armstrong, the GM for the Blues, and you really have to credit Craig Berube, right? You absolutely do. You have to credit the leadership. They were talking about it on uh, the morning after on 590 The Fan this morning. The way they handled the hand pass situation mm-hmm. last Wednesday night in Game 3 was really top-notch and classy. Yes. The only people who said anything... Were Petrangelo, who wears the C, mm-hmm. and Barube. Yeah. That's it. Nobody else said a word. Because he went in there after the game and said, we're moving on from this, boys. You have to. Otherwise, we're moving you just on. lay down. You cannot let this eat you up. And they played game uh, game four. They've only given up one goal since. They've given up one goal since. In game four, they came out on fire, which we knew they were going to do. They scored, you know, they scored that first goal in the first shift of the game. Came out, and then they... They were a little flat yeah. in periods two and three. They weren't moving around. Uh, don't know if, if they were just if they, if they were out of gas. What was going on? Maybe a little bit of both. Well, yeah, and the Sharks could have just been bringing a good game. It, it, you know, probably. You know, it's like chess match with, with sports, you know. Um, I also think it made game five that much more unbelievable and that more incredible. You know what I mean? That, like, they looked... Good in game four, but holy crap. Did anybody see game five honestly coming? Anyone? No. I didn't. I, no. I, I'll be honest. I thought I, I was thinking like three to two blues. Yeah. I wasn't thinking five to nothing throttling that we saw. I, w- I, was, I was so impressed. The end of the game, or last in, or in the third period, it got down to where the Sharks, usually teams have about 20 to 21 skaters available, mm-hmm. you know, either on the bench or on the ice. You know, five on five on the uh, or six on the ice. Sure, uh, fourteen or fifteen on the bench. Mm-hmm. They were down to thirteen total players. Oh, we. The one thing that's been really impressive to me about the Blues is they're not necessarily a big team, but they are a they are a physical team, man. We're gonna hear from Craig Berube here in a little bit. He talks about the forechecking, yeah, and the things that happened in Game Five. We're gonna start. We do have some other audio to uh, to play for you. We're gonna start with Jaden Schwartz's hat trick. Now Schwartz sends it through the crease, comes to Tarasenko, fires, and then Schwartz scores! 2-0 St. Louis! Jaden Schwartz with his 10th of the postseason. Tarasenko down low to Perron, and then across. Lassick got a stick on it at the flex in! 4-0 St. Louis! Tarasenko gets it back to Schwartz, he scores! Jaden Schwartz! If you've got a hat! Chuck it in your radio. Another playoff hat trick for Jaden Schwartz. And his three goals propels the Blues to a 5-0 lead. 3.58 to go in the third period of play. God, Chris Kerber's so good. Kenny Albert and Chris Kerber on the calls there. People have been bitching about the NBC broadcast, man. Uh, what? Do you, okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, 
<clears throat> so what Andy's talking about here is that if you've been really paying attention to the NBC broadcast, television broadcast. The play-by-play has been phenomenal from Kenny Albert. Yes, the play-by-play has been phenomenal. Over, it's the, Mike Milbury and mm-hmm. Pierre Maguire cannot wait to get Joe Thornton's cock in their mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Um, Joe, where are you? <laughs> my Pierre uh, Maguire impression. I, I don't honestly know what the deal is with that because I can't explain it. If it was Los Angeles Kings, New York Rangers, I know, even the Boston Bruins. I know. And oh, and, they, I get and that it. narrative has already started. Sure, of course it has. David I, Backus and his in it and his old team right. could be in the Stanley Cup Finals. I get. I you know if it's a major market, I understand when they tend to lean that way i mean the thing that made the chicago cubs so intriguing was not only the 108 years but the fact that it's chicago it's a top five market it's a major market on top of the fact that it had been 108 years since they won so they had a major storyline there what they're searching for with the san jose sharks i just don't understand even at the end of the game um kenny albert they were they they went to a highlight and it was evander kane hitting the hitting the post in the first period. He's like, what would have been if Evander Kane would have scored that goal? Well, it would have been five to one. Right. It's not like it was a one to nothing game. It no, wasn't like the Blues were... It was a were... five nothing schlepping. Right. And to be honest with you, that was like, what, like 10, 12 seconds into the game when Evander Kane hit yeah. the post? I mean, guys hit the post all the time. Not to mention, as it's been talked about all over the place, not 45 seconds or a minute later, didn't uh, Braden Shen do the exact same thing? He did. So, I, I, again, I don't understand the narrative or the storyline that they're trying to... And isn't the blue storyline a lot more intriguing? I would certainly 50 think so. years or 52 years or 50 years without an appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals. Never won a cup. We're in last place. So last you, place of the NHL on January 3rd. Right. So what do you think it is then? I don't know. I mean, I don't are, know. I'd like to say it's just St. Louis Blues fans and St. Louis fans being upset, but it's not. Because I'm never this guy. Right. I'm never that broadcast was bullshit, ever. Honestly, Lauren and I were talking about it on game four, and I was listening to it, and Lauren was sitting there, and I go, Lauren, I go, go, I'm not this guy. I go, but as I'm listening to it, I go, it almost, I want to turn it off. Yeah. I go, it's almost impossible to listen to. It's like the Blues are winning. They were winning two to nothing. They won the game, what, two to one? Two to one. And it was like the Blues pretty much won that game. And it was just like the whole time, all they were talking about the San Jose Sharks. And it's like, why? Why is that the story? Like, there's no backstory in the Blues at all at, under any of the broadcasts. And, and, I, and I do understand that the Sharks have some Hall of Fame players. They do. And they have good players. But the Blues have great players. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Jordan Bennington, to me, has not even been really spoken about. No. And he's doing something that... Quite frankly, in my mind, I've never seen before. Who was the goaltender that the Blues got from Montreal a couple of years ago? Five three after Ryan after, Miller after no, after Chris Mason when Chris Mason and then uh, in, yeah because Ryan Miller would have been from Buffalo the guy he? yeah the guy from, the guy who he he, he took he, he took he took the Canadians to the Cup he was a rookie like like what Bennington is doing now I can't think of the guy's name oh it's gonna drive me nuts I'd have to look it up anyway you know. It's it's that kind of goalie performance. The Blues have the goaltending this year. They have, and they're getting the lucky bounces, which is the crazy part. We talked earlier about there being a hat trick, a penalty shot, and a shutout all in uh, one Stanley Cup playoff game that never happened before. 
I love penalty shots. They're my favorite part of is the game. Is there anything more exciting? Here is Vladimir Tarasenko's, the call of Vladimir Tarasenko's, uh, the penalty and the penalty shot. Over to play it for St. Louis. And now here comes Tarasenko. He's tripped up. He's stopped by Jones. It will be a penalty shot for Vladimir Tarasenko. Brent Burns is out of gas. He has to put the tailgate down with the stick. He trips Tarasenko down, and it's an easy call for a penalty shot. Here comes Tarasenko. Moving in on Jones. He scores! Comes in under control, not too fast. Makes that loop so his forehand is in the middle of the ice and just calmly picks the spot over the top of the glove of, of Jones. He made that look awfully easy in my estimation. That audio courtesy of NBC Sports and stlouisblues.com. Uh, that's somebody who's really impressed me so far. Uh, uh, these playoffs has been Tarasenko. Well, because there, that was the talk at the end of the Western Conference semifinals against Dallas at the end in of round 20s, two. Yeah. In 2016 and 2019. Yeah. yeah. What's Tarasenko going to do? Right. Tarasenko did not show up for the Western Conference finals in 2016. Right. Did not show up. Which then the Blues follow suit. And you they, got, lo- and they lost four games to two. To play. Yeah, they lost four games to two. You know, and that goes back to what we were talking about with the Sharks. I mean, Eric Carlson, for all intents and purposes, is a superstar of the National Hockey League. He played three minutes and 30 seconds of the second period and played zero minutes. He's hurt. And the Blues have really beat the crap out of him. Beat the crap out of him because they knew the injury. Which I'll tell you exactly. That's just good scouting. That's good scouting and a great job of doing your job, which is knowing that he's hurt, so take him out. I mean, that's just hockey, though. They'd be doing the same damn thing to us if they had, you know, like if Vince Dunn came back out there, I guarantee you he'd be taking elbows to the jaw. Here's Blues head coach Craig Berube on game five. First period, you know, they, we got a break there. They hit the post, and, you know, that happens. But uh, I thought that uh, we had real good energy and focus in the game. I thought that uh, everybody was pretty dialed into, uh, you know, doing things right and uh, getting, to the, getting to our game as quickly as possible on the four check. And, you know, that's when we're at our best. And second period, did a real good job of it in a neutral zone both ways. I thought that we moved the puck really well, got it in, got on top of them, and then defended the neutral zone really well. That explains the whole thing. That explains the whole game, what they did. I think it also explains him. Like, do you hear, like, how calm he is? Yeah. Like, he's just the type of guy that, like, you would trust to lead your team into battle. Like, he's the type of guy, like, we just started watching Game of Thrones, Lauren and I. Like, yeah. he's oh, yeah. the type of guy that you would follow into battle. So, evidently, I heard this story. Oh, I t- <laughs> I'll tell you off the air who, who told me this story. And I don't know if it's true or not, but we'll figure it out. All right. Um, when Barube first became the head coach, they were at practice, and he goes up to Tarasenko after practice and says, all right, Vlad, I want you to do this, 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 and this. And Vlad kind of gave me like, yeah, screw you. I don't need to listen to you. Right. Somebody saw this happen, and I, and I don't know who, and I, I forgot who it was. In the, what the circumstances were, but anyway, so but they went to the video coach and they said, "Hey, pull all the video you can of Barubi beating the crap out of people on the ice from from when he was a player." And he, if you ever YouTube Craig Barubi fights, I have and I have never done this. He was, oh. I guess, he was an ass kicker. Oh yeah, man. I mean, he would be like a Tony. Who did he play for? The Flyers? Yeah, he would be like a Tony Twist. I don't know how I guessed that. I guess Kelly Chase type of guy. Like he was a. 
I wouldn't say a goon, but he he put it in you. He he beat you up, man. So Baruby or uh, whoever it was called Vlad back to the video room to watch this video, and uh, the ensuing conversation with he went back over to Craig and said, "Coach, I'm I'm really really sorry. I didn't realize you know I didn't realize what what kind of work you had done. Blah blah blah. Uh, you I'll I'll play for you." Well, and I think I think nowadays that's a bigger issue is that uh, these players are so well paid, they're so well paid, and they're so um, coddled that a lot of times they don't they don't show up, man. Like, and they don't listen. They you know they do what they want. That's why a lot of these coaches stay in college because they have more control over their players yeah. than the NFL, the major leagues, any of that. Here's Craig Berube on Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, Vladdy's a good passer. He makes plays. He's got his head up a lot, and and you know sees the ice well. You know, but um, Vladdy's hard work's paying off. I think that he's working hard without the puck, and he's physical, and um, you know he's a powerful guy, and um, and and it's paying off. Obviously, there's there's some love there too. Yes, yes, I think he's tough, but he's fair, which is what anybody would want with a coach or a leader. Is tough but fair. Quinville would do that. You'd ask you'd ask Quinville about a guy who had a tough night, and he'd say he was all right. Sure, he was all right. Honest. He, Yep, he honest. just gave, but never dogged him. Just a one sentence, one sentence positive, but not raving. Well, but still just a positive. Yes, and I think that was kind of a problem that somebody like Mike Matheny, the former coach of the Cardinals, kind of uh, had issues with where he was, he was like too nice for his players. I think sometimes you have to, you have to not dog them, but you have to be honest about their play. Like sometimes they just don't play well. And Tarasenko... Like, he really wasn't... Did he do much in Dallas series? I don't remember seeing much of him in the not Dallas series. Not a whole series. lot. At least nothing showed up on the stat sheet. Yeah, it was not a whole lot. But he's starting to, and he's moving his feet, you know, which even the NBC guys are, you know, actually making a point to at least say something positive about something on the Blues going on. And he is moving his feet, which is definitely making a lot of... Uh, it's definitely making him more progressive with the puck. We've talked about the Blues having a tough run of it at the beginning of the season and then turning things around. Uh, in early January. Here is Craig Berube on how they viewed things at the start of the season. Oh, we didn't look at it like that then, for sure. I mean, I think you smoke, you focus on, you know, little things at the beginning of the year and working towards that goal. I mean, we obviously felt like we had a good team and we had some real good pieces that we uh, dug added uh, in the summertime. Um, we liked that part of it, and... Um, you know, it, it was unfortunate we just didn't get off to the start that we expected, and um, but we it turned around, and the players did a real good job of turning that around and getting going in the right direction, and and um, you know we're still playing, so you know again it's just them guys you know putting the team first and working hard and doing all the little things right, and it's worked out so far. These off-season acquisitions were incredible. You look at guys like Ryan O'Reilly. Pat Maroon was a flop at first, a really, really big flop, a healthy scratch several times through the fall and early winter. And I, think, finally, I think he didn't have a place to play. I think he didn't have a home. I would agree here. with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he didn't fit in initially. I yeah. think people thought he was coming to be like a goon, and that's not what he is. I mean, he's not Vladimir Tirasenko, but he is he is a talented player. You know what I mean? And, and he's, kind of the, he's kind of a pest type of player, too. Like, but not not as pesty as like Tyson Nash. Think more along the lines of past, uh, past like Chris Draper from from the uh, yeah. from, from Detroit. Sure, who I hate, Chris fucking Draper. Yeah, I hate him. 
I'd probably like the guy as a person because most hockey players are nice guys. As a hockey player, I hate Chris Draper. I think without him, the Blues are not where they're at. I will say that because without him, there is no real physical presence from. I mean, there just really isn't. Like name another. I mean, Robert Bertuzzo, I guess, is physical, but like nobody's really fearing Robert Bertuzzo. I mean, Chris or Carlton Carlson got rocked by him the one time, but. I mean, I think without Maroon, you, you're definitely you might be in a different space. You're not, yeah, you're not nearly as tough or physical. And also, you know, it, it, I I think he helps keep a level of composure on the ice as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he doesn't he doesn't wear an A or a C, mm-hmm. but he's one of those leaders out there on the ice. I think, yeah, you know, and they I mean, and they really I mean they got they got that they got that thug from San Jose yesterday, Halsey. Was that his name Halsey? Yeah, and he's a little guy. Boy, they got him all fired up. Yeah, and here take a. And he wasn't yeah. out there to do much. I mean, you know, giving him a game misconduct isn't, yeah. it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. But he was, you know, that was crazy. That, yeah. When was the last time you saw a fight instigator game misconduct in the NHL? Well, they want it out of the game. They do. They want it out. Of, they don't want it in the game, man. They yeah. don't want the fighting in the game. No, that's what I'm saying. But when was the last time you saw that? It's, uh, been, I, it's, honestly, been, yeah. it's been a long, long time since I've seen a game misconduct. In the playoffs, for in sure. In the playoffs, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know what? He he just reminded me of like the ultimate power Hoosier. <laughs> What's his name? Halsey? Isn't that his name think, or whatever? Yeah, Halsey or something. Or something. Like that. Yeah, the, the Sharks player. He just reminded me of like an ultimate power Hoosier. <laughs> so he tough. just did, man. I, I don't know. Just something about him. Game six tomorrow night at Enterprise Center, 7 p.m. puck drop. Uh, it's going to be just an absolutely incredible atmosphere. The Blues have never won 12 playoff games or 11 playoff games before in a uh, in a series. This is because, well, I believe... This will be going for 12, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. This will be 12. The last one, so when the last time they won three games in a, in a Western Conference uh, final mm-hmm. was 1986. Right, but the series before those were only, what, five-game series? I think the first, I think both were five-game series. Right. Or there may have only been one series before that. Right. It, sure. It, they, it, it wasn't this huge, expanded, two-month-long well, process. They figured out they could make money. Right. That's, a lot of money. Anybody uh, who's not paying attention, that's why these are now seven-game series, if you're wondering. Yeah, it's like, because it's, there's it's money. a ton of money. Which is nothing wrong with that. So just means it. more hockey for us to watch. Here is Craig Berube on preparing for Game 6 tomorrow night at Enterprise Center. Yeah, as a player, I mean, that was a long time ago for me, but obviously um, I think players just think about the next game. They, You know, that's what I... I mean, and, and that's... So we, we won last night, but our afternoon yesterday, but uh, that, you know, we talk immediately about just that game's over with and we got to move on. And, and um, our team's done a good job of that in the playoffs. I think our team's done a good job of that, um, you know, January on in the regular season is just gain the game and letting that last game go and focusing on the next game. And that's what we do. And, you know, we'll... We'll prepare today for the game tomorrow and, and get our minds right and get our focus in. That's kind of how we do it. That's earlier today at Enterprise Center doing a press conference. They had Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Alex Petrangelo, and Tyler Bozak up on the podium. Oh, really? Yeah, and then and then Berube, they had him up there as well. Doesn't Those he guys... just seem like somebody you'd want to work for? Yeah. Craig Berube? Yeah. I mean, like, he just, leadership, man. Everything about him is leadership in the positive manner. Your thoughts going into Game Six? Are you scared? What do you? No. I, I feel no. I, I think they're going to ship them. I, I think they are too. I know anyone listening to this, if the game isn't already gone on, is going to go, "Oh my God, don't jinx us." One, I got to be honest, I don't believe in that. Two, 
this is a different team. This is just a different team, man. I, this is a different St. Louis Blues team, and I, and I honestly think after yesterday we broke their core, like we broke them. Like you know, like when you Mortal Kombat when it's like finish him. Yeah, I think this is the part where they're wobbly and they're standing on their knees, and then you you rip their head off, like and just rip end their them. spine out. Just finish them. Just and I, if if you're Craig Bruby, isn't that just a message? Yep. You've done this now. Now you've beaten them up, literally. Literally finish them. They didn't want. I'll tell you something I was really shocked by, and I want to hear your opinion on it. Did you or did you not expect a fight at the end of the game? I absolutely did. Yet there was no fight. And you know what? I think that shows you how just the sharks are like, dude. Okay, like we're done. We're gonna take our lunch pail and go home. I mean, I have, I have never seen even a Blues team. I've never seen look as gassed as the San Jose Sharks looked yesterday afternoon. They are older. They are older. They are an older team than the Blues. Yeah. That is one thing that you know, like obviously, experience is a very important thing when it comes to any sport. But you know, like sometimes if the younger teams rock and rolling like the Blues are, age is a problem. Have you ever been to a Blues practice? You ever covered? Yeah, once. I think I've, I've I've been to a couple of morning skates. Yeah, I've I've always wondered if they do the uh, do the drill where they start at the goal line, then go out and touch the blue line, come back, touch oh, the, the red ga- line. Oh, the gas. The what are those called? Gassers or killers whatever. or something? Yeah, yeah. I had to Gun do them busters. in basketball. Woo! I did them in basketball for CBC, and I always wanted to throw up. Those yeah, are, those are brutal, man. Again, again, again. Mm-hmm. If you, um, if you've seen this, if you've seen the movie uh, Miracle. Miracle. Kurt Russell, who embodied Herb Brooks in that movie, uh, gets the, sees the guys. They're, they're playing a game like in Sweden or something. God, I want to hear that speech. Are you able to find that? Yeah. Oh, it's such a good one. Yeah, what, that's, not the, that is, that's not for the... Is that for the, the Russian? Yeah, it's for the game against Russia. U.S., yeah, wow. And so anyway, he sees the guy's not paying attention. He brings him back out. He says, you guys don't want to work during the game? We're going to work after the game. And oh he, crap! Am I asking you to look that up, or am I asking you to look up that? Remember the speech he gives? Yeah, no, I, like, no, I don't. I don't. Is that the one? About. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because I was like, oh geez, I hope I'm not asking you to bring up the gasser one because it's just like him going again, again. Yeah, it's, not, it's a better visual. Um, I like the full version of it. It yeah. runs five minutes and forty two seconds. You can take a you can take a break. Here we go. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. 
their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I'm sick and tired of hearing about how good Joe Thornton is. I was just going to say that. And how good Logan Couture is. I was just going to say that. And how mediocre uh, Brent Jones is. Um, first off, <laughs> that movie is so good. Oh, Miracle is so good. Disney movie. Yeah. Don't care. Most so Disney awesome. movies are good movies. Yeah. They're good movies. So good. And Kurt Russell was awesome in that. Like he really embodied, embodied the way you said it before we played the clip was like the perfect way to put it. He embodied Herb Brooks. He really I, did. I've never seen Kurt Russell play a role like that before where he actually, you know, became an maybe, actor. Maybe he is a method actor that I don't know about, like yeah. uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is. Mm-hmm. He played, I guess he was like Abraham Lincoln for two months. He like, you go to McDonald's, can I get a, can I get a Big Mac and some fries? Yeah, the method actor Mary thing. Mary Todd would like, would like a chicken nugget, please. The, Mer- the the method actor thing is really strange to me, man. Really strange. Like, like you mean you really become your character? I'm really supposed to believe that? Like, yeah. Although, Daniel Day-Lewis does it pretty damn good. Yeah. I think his best role is the one... Uh, I love him in uh, Gangs of New York. You know I've never seen that? You've never seen Gangs no, of New I York? No, I know. Are you serious? And I love Scorsese movies. It's got Leo. Yeah, Cameron I know. Diaz. I know. Oh, dude, you got to see that. No, Liam, I, I, it's on my list. I, Liam I'll, Neeson. Yeah. Oh, you got to see that. I think he was really good. It was, he was in There Will Be Blood, too. Yeah. Yeah. I get There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men mixed up. No Country for Old Men's a good movie, too. Josh Brolin. And uh, who, is that, what's the main guy's name? I can't even think what his name is. Uh, Javier Bardem. Yeah, Javier Bardem. He yeah. plays uh, uh, sugar, like Sugar or something. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, he's a mean son of a bitch, too. Yeah, No Country for Old Men. That's a great movie. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I honestly, to get back to what like you were talking about before was it, with the Game 6, Like, don't you just... Doesn't it just feel... It feels right. I mean, this team it is feels so like, resilient. It, it feels like, like Kurt Russell just said, this is your time. Their time is done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Because the Sharks have had their, their time, by the way. For those who haven't paid attention to the last seven, eight years of hockey, the Sharks have been there time and time and time they again. They have played so many playoff games that Logan Couture has the most, has the, I think he has the career record for an NHL player with goals in the playoffs. Yeah, probably does. Like 50-something goals. Yeah. I mean, they've been there so much. And boy, but if I'm a Sharks fan yesterday, I am pissed off about some of that officiating. Okay. About which which parts? The ones with Thomas Hurdle where he got the little... There were just all kinds of little bullshit calls. The Blues went on seven power plays yesterday. Seven. I'll be honest with you, though. I think it goes back to something that has been talked about. is Whoever has the, the possession of the puck is going to get the penalties. And the Blues have had the possession of the puck. The Blues have controlled the game. Honestly, every game but game one. That's a good point. I mean, I'm not saying they've won every period, every minute of every period, but the Blues have definitely controlled... Every game but game one. They really have. I mean, and I didn't feel that way with Dallas. No. And I didn't really feel that way with Winnipeg. Nope. There were games against Winnipeg and games against Dallas where they controlled them, but the, holy crap, man. The Blues were very lucky to beat Winnipeg. 
Yeah. Winnipeg was a much better team. Well, and Dallas had a goalie who's just as hot and just as good just as... as hot. Right, exactly. As Jordan Bennington. I mean, and, and with and Ben Bishop is incredible, a man. A proven NF, NHL, NFL, NHL veteran. Yeah. And Ben Bishop. And you're going, I mean, you beat the guy. And yeah. you beat their defense. Yeah. I, I think that... And the way they shut you down, too. I think I think so. I think the way it'll play out tomorrow, like or today, if you're listening to it, you know, on the day of the game, uh, I think you're going to see the Sharks come out fast and in a hurry. I mean, it could be one nothing Sharks early. It could be, but then I think you see the Blues resiliency, and I think Blues end up winning four one. Oh, you think it's be that kind of stomping, yeah, huh? Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think the I think the Sharks are going to put up a little bit of a fight. Um, I think even though their defense is worn down, they're. I mean. There's nothing left. I mean, Pavelski took that hit from Petro. He could be out too. That check to the, I mean, he checked him. Pavelski's like my size, and he got racked. You could tell he did because he literally didn't even fight back. I think he was yeah. like seeing stars. He had to have been. Like I think he was like. I'm I, pretty sure he gave just gave him a, pretty much a, a shoulder pad to the chin. Whoever hasn't seen that play, look that play up with Petro and Pavelski. He literally puts him in the boards, and it was legal though because the ref is standing right oh, there. It was a clean hit. I mean, clean the, hit. The ref. I don't know what Pavelski's looking at. I don't know how he didn't see that coming or His head had to have been down. It yeah, had to have been down. Petro took a hit second. like that. He did in game. Four. Dude, yeah, in game four. He took a hit where his head was down, and I thought, holy Ooh. crap, that's the end of him. And, oh, just, and I thought and I thought that could have been the end of the series, too, when, yeah. when I saw him go. But luckily, he came back out. Yeah. And then Tarasenko took a big hit, too, yesterday. The games run together now. Yeah. It, even though the Winnipeg series seems like it was back in January. It does. But but the games still run together so much for me now yeah. because I've been, I've been watching so much. I mean, it's so exciting. It really is. The, the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially when it's your team in there, there's nothing like it. I love baseball. I became a sports fan because of baseball. Me too. It's always been my baby. It'll always be my baby. The Cardinals will always still be number one or whatever you want to call it in my heart. But, like, dude, this Blues hockey team is so much fun to watch. So much fun. I mean, after, Warren loves it. After they broke my heart so much in the 90s, so much. Yeah. So the first season they played at Keel Center, which is where they play now, Enterprise Center, but it was Keel Center back in 1994-95. Strike-shortened season. They started the season in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the... Uh, they they had the most points in the Western Conference, Campbell Conference, I think may have been back then. First round exit to Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. It's like, meh. Yeah. And oh, then they, they've had a lot of runs in the playoffs where you just go, eh, we expect them to lose. There was the uh, there was the, the Gretzky year of 90, uh, 96, 97. Mm-hmm. Steve Eiserman from the from the from the circle, double overtime, game seven. That, watching that with my dad. That was to go to Western Conference Finals. That was also a year where a lot of the teams, a lot of the good teams have been eliminated early. So we had a shot. There was a good shot that year. Then there's 2000. Uh, one when they won the President's Trophy, and then there's Owen Nolan firing it from the arch. Pay attention, Roman. <laughs> Roman Torek just lets it go. He just it was at the end of the period. Yeah, I think he was skating off to go to the bench, and Owen Nolan with the Sharks at the time. Blues won the President's Trophy that year, and I believe they were swept by the Sharks in the first round of the playoffs. President's yeah. Trophy, by the way, is for the team that has the most regular season wins. Nice in the National Hockey League. So, 
We always like to make sure people know what we're talking about right. when we start right. firing off sports. I'm sorry you're not as smart as we are. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, um, let's let's just play out and say they don't win tomorrow. You think they got game seven, right? See, like, I have that belief in the Blues, and I've never had that belief in the Blues, ever in my life. Boy, if they lose tomorrow, I, I, and I don't, I, my heart's been, I, it's been broken They're so, so good on the road. many times. They're so good on the road. They're so good. There's, I don't think there's any possible way they lose tomorrow. I don't. I don't think so either. I mean, anything's always possible. But man, oh man, um, I'd be, I would be one thousand percent shocked if they lose tomorrow. Yes, yes, I agree. Could not agree with you more. And I, and you know, I, just play Gloria. Just play it all day. Just play it forever. Just keep. Playing. Damn, Laura Branigan deserves it. I don't know, man. It's been it's been the coolest run. Um, the has. last time I was this excited about sports in general, in general, was 2011 with the with the Cardinals. So it's been eight years since I've been excited about sports like this. Don't get me wrong. I love the Super Bowl, love the NFL playoffs, love the baseball playoffs. I watch damn near every game, even when the Cardinals aren't in. I watch the Stanley Cup playoffs when the Blues aren't in it. But oh, see, for me, when the Blues are out. No, oh, I still watch. Hockey season is done. I do, but I do love playoff hockey. Yeah, there is something about it. I mean, I, I'll follow it, but just as far as watching it, oh, if, if if it's on at the bar, yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah, it is. It's, like but this bar. feeling I haven't had in eight years. I'm going to go out tomorrow and watch the game after I have golf league tomorrow, and I'm going to go out and watch the uh, game are tomorrow you? night. Yeah, I think uh, tickets I think... are going for. Oh, I was going to look that up. Two uh, here. Let's, actually, let's let's just go ahead and get some updated numbers. This is by the way the answer to your question. Uh, like 20 minutes ago for the Montreal Canadian player who was traded. Yaroslav the... Halak. Yep. Yep. It just came to me yep. when you said it. Uh, St. Louis Blues. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, events. Oh. Uh, oh. Home game four. Is that right? Is that what this no, is? No, 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 no. Game six. What am I looking at here? Wee's in game six. Let me ask you something. How oh, much? This is at SAP Center. Hang okay. on. Okay. So go. that's for, yeah, that's the Sharks. Yeah, let's go back to Enterprise Center here. How much would you be willing to pay to go to the Stanley Cup game in St. Louis? Like, where where would be your line of, uh, like, let's say, let's say we're talking per ticket. What is the amount you'd be willing to shell out? It's not much. See, the product is so good on TV. It's so spectacular on TV that I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. It's, um... Don't get me wrong. I understand wanting to be in the moment. But, dude, you're talking some of these tickets. Like, I I read on... I read... I actually heard about it today on TV. And I read about it. It's $1,600 to be up against the glass tomorrow night. So, if you just want, if you just want to get in the building, mm-hmm. uh, there are mezzanine end tickets. And, in like, you know, in like, in the middle rows, M-N-O-P-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-N-
Okay, so that's it. That's part yeah. of it. So it's eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, I wouldn't. Go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. <sighs> I wouldn't do that. Uh, lots of five and six hundred dollar tickets. Lots of four hundred dollar tickets. Uh, there's two tickets in a suite. That's kind of cool for four hundred bucks each. Yeah, if you're gonna do it. I mean, if you're gonna do it. If you're gonna do it, you might as well do it. You might upright. as well do it. Uh, the best seats in the house. Premium Glass A one twenty two, which is directly behind. The goal where the blues shoot once, $1,762 each. Wow. Premium glass A section 117, which is right behind the visitor's bench, $2,000 each. But you'll be on TV. So you take, you, you, that's where you, yeah. you put a lot of cleavage on. So you, so you, you kind of become famous. Lots of $1,000 tickets. Uh, premium glass uh, row B. Well, if you, if you want to sit one row back, it's a uh, thirty. Oh no, more than that. Sixty-six percent off. Uh, Six sixty-seven a ticket to sit in row B of section one seventeen. No, thank you. Honestly, no, 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 no. I no, would no, rather. No. Yeah, I don't know. So they had that really cool event yesterday, uh, which I thought at first was kind of stupid, where you can go to the Enterprise Center to watch the game. Yes, and it was like ten bucks to get in. It was five bucks if you're a season ticket holder. Ten bucks if you. We're not. Okay. All the money went to the Blues charity, which is escaping awesome. my mind and right the name of it right now. Uh, That's great that all the money went to charity, though. St. Louis Blues charity. Oh, what's it called? Blues in the community. Uh, is that what it is called? The St. Louis. There's a 14 fund. They have a few charities. They're a very giving organization. So anyway, uh, they said the entire lower bowl was filled. Mm-hmm. They had part of the upper uh, bowl or the upper wow. the mezzanine blocked off, but there were a few seats available over on the other side. So there's, there's probably you know eight to ten thousand people there to watch the game. It's funny if if you would have told me would you watch would you have watched it like two years ago in the old old jumbotron? No, no. the new one, that yes. new massive one with yes. the high def plus and the LED. And for that thing they lowered they brought it down. Yeah, it, it was lower. And uh, so Doug Vaughn from News Four was on the radio this morning and said that the uh, they were selling concessions, but everything was much cheaper than usual than than a usual game time thing. So, beers weren't ten dollars, sodas weren't eight dollars, hot dogs weren't seven. It's a pretty cool experience if you like wanted to take a young son or daughter and you didn't have money to spend, you know, a thousand dollars on tickets. Right, that would but, be a pretty cool thing have, to do. But if you have twenty bucks, yeah, to go down there and go sit in sure. the go sit in the building, yeah, in Washington. And so I guess they had Patrico down there doing the pumping up the crowd. Mm-hmm. They had the organist there. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if Tom Calhoun was there doing the. Doing the in-game announcements, I should let them know that I'm available to do those things. You should <laughs> send them the podcast. <laughs> do what I do; just link the podcast to everything. It works. Your prediction tomorrow night? You said four-one Blues. I'll take four-one Blues. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Sharks. No, are you going contrarian? Two Blues. Ninety thousand. Ninety thousand. I like that. Uh, Five-two Blues. Nice. I'd take that all yeah, day, five, man. Five-two blues. Just keep racking them up. So then, for those who don't know, are you able to pull up the schedule for when they... Because I, I know the first game is actually Memorial Night. Yeah. Memorial I was actually, Day I was, night. I uh, was Googling that before... I mean, I, I think I have it on my phone somewhere, but I, I know I got, the very I know first game right is here. Monday. Yep, it is. So, it doesn't matter if the Blues or Sharks go with this, is your Stanley Cup final schedule. Uh. Blues or Sharks at Bruins, Monday, Memorial Day at 7 p.m. 
Game two, Wednesday, 529 at 7 p.m. Bruins at Blues or Sharks Saturday. Game three. Game three. Don't know what time yet. I'm guessing. Oh, all these so it games goes from Monday, Wednesday, and then Saturday. Two days off. Yeah. Then Monday, June third. Back to one day. For game four, game five at Bruins on six six. So so uh Tuesday the fourth, uh Wednesday the fifth, Thursday the sixth. Okay. Game six is on the ninth. So that's Thursday. Friday the seventh. Saturday the 8th, Sunday the 9th. So then you can win it on a Tuesday, Game 7? Is that what I'm understanding? Uh, here, actually, you know what? I have a calendar thing right here on my computer. I don't really need to be doing this, making this very difficult. June 6th is a Thursday. June 9th is Sunday, Game 7 at Would Bruins be. on Wednesday, June 12th. Wow, man! If they play, if they play all seven games. This damn thing's going for a while. Two and a half weeks. Wow, wow, dude! How awesome would it be to win it in Game Six, St. Louis? Oh my God! The, the June seventh, people would not be at work that Friday. Why would you? Why would you? The parade would probably be that day. Oh my God! People lose their mind. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I am truly. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If they, if they, uh, if they weren't to pull it off, while I would be incredibly impressed, um, I, w- I would be heartbroken this heartbroken. time around. I would be very One, heartbroken. That, I mean, and think about the, the like we're talking about at the, at the top of the show, the true blues fans, the guys who've had season tickets for thirty years. Maybe a guy who has season tickets since nineteen sixty-seven. I know there's a couple of them out there still. Just, that, have, that have had tickets for 50 years. It would really break my heart. It would. It would really break my heart, too. Hey, coming up uh, here in a little bit, we talked to... Uh, so there was also another huge sporting event over the weekend. Uh, is the, was the PGH, the 101st PGA Championship at Bethpage Black, Bethpage State Park on Long Island in New York. It was the... you know, Of course, we had the same event here last August. They moved the date. They moved the tournament up to May. Uh, to help uh, with the PGA's ratings against the NFL in the fall. Yep. And so that way they are able to wrap everything up in August before NFL kicks off in September. So that's why the PGA Championship has moved up. We talked to Todd Thomas. Todd Thomas uh, is a local has a local DJ company. You also might know him as that one guy from the Cardinals games. He is the in-game MC. He has been that he's been in that role for 23 years now. Wow. What yeah. a gig. What a gig. Yeah. Great gig. He's a great guy. So he has been hired. He was hired by the PGA uh, last year. And uh, and he tells a story about how all that worked out. And let you guys, I, w- I won't give any uh, spoiler alerts on that. And just kind of talks about the experience. It's not real heavy on golf. It's just kind of real, just talking about the overall experience of being at the PGA Championship in New York, kind of compared to what it was here in St. Louis last August. This podcast brought to you by Henry Plumbing Showroom. Been looking for that special plumbing fixture at the big box store and their selection isn't quite meeting your tastes? Henry Plumbing has been... <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. It's allergy season. Henry Plumbing has been a fixture in St. Louis since 1946 and they offer everything from plumbing parts and fixtures to complete design and renovations. There are 17 area lo- uh, showrooms 
including uh, St. Louis, Cape Girardeau, Alton, Washington, Missouri, and coming very soon to a beautiful new showroom just down the hallway in the Edwardsville area at one Cottonwood Industrial Park in Glen Carbon. Each showroom has a dedicated designer to help you pick out the perfect fixtures for your plumbing projects. Henry Plumbing carries brands you know, such as American Standard, Delta, Brizo, LK, Crosswater, and a wide array, wide array of European and American-style plumbing fixtures for any budget. Open your eyes to a whole new world of plumbing fixtures outside of the big box stores when you visit your local Henry Plumbing showroom. Go online to find the nearest Henry Plumbing showroom at henrykitchenandbath.com. That's henrykitchenandbath.com. Henry Plumbing Showroom, our sponsor here on the STL Happy Hour on the St. Louis Podcast Network. Song always puts you in a good mood. Love this. Always. It's the STL Happy Hour podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. Andy Hanselman, John Alpina Sander alongside for the very special broadcast. We're recording this on Monday. This should be up tonight. We're gonna we're gonna do it. I gave Alpina some a piece of paper to take some notes so we can write up show notes tonight and get this thing posted. So you can have your big game six preview. Hell yeah! At your disposal tomorrow morning. I was told that Lauren would be very, very happy about this. So. She will. She'll be very happy about Hi, this. Hi, Lauren. Hope you're good. She'll be very happy. So we were talking, uh, we uh, teased it coming out of the last segment. That we uh, had another huge sporting event over the weekend. The PGA Championship, 101st edition. Brooks Kepka tried to give it away yesterday. Shot four over. Ended up uh, beating DJ Dustin Johnson by two strokes. At Bethpage Black at Bethpage State Park over on Long Island in New York. Uh, been the uh, host of a couple of U.S. Opens. Going to be the site of the Ryder Cup in 2024. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be more U.S. Opens to come. Uh, so when they have that place set up as a U.S. I don't know if you got to watch any of, of the tournament over the weekend at all. A little bit. The uh, The rough is just brutal. It's just brutal. Well, they've probably been getting killed with rain as bad and, as we have. And they have. So we uh, we talked to, or a little bit earlier today, I talked to Todd Thomas. Mm-hmm. Todd is a local DJ, mobile DJ. He has a great company. He has, he has the best company name ever. It's called Porta Party DJs. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. He's been uh, a local DJ for 24 years. He, he tells a story about uh, how he got the job. You know, he, he works with the Cardinals. He's, he's that one guy mm-hmm. that you see on the screens. He hosts, like, all the games and stuff, the Cardinal games. So everybody has seen his oh face. Oh, my God. That's who he is? The guy who does, like, the games and stuff? Yeah. He's that one guy. Oh, no way. Yeah. Wow. I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. So I've known Todd for a few years, and uh, I met him actually through a, through a DJ uh, yeah, connection a, page. He's entertaining. He is very, very, yeah. very talented guy. Yeah. And uh, has had a you know a successful DJ business for several years. Got the gig not from the Cardinals. They were just they were just soliciting DJ companies for bids. And he uh, talks about that whole process in this interview that we did with Todd Thomas a little bit earlier today. Welcome back to the STL Happy Hour podcast. I'm Andy Hanselman. We have a guest on tonight's show. He has been uh, the Cardinals' in-game MC for 23 years, and he has had porta party DJs for 24 years. 
Do you know him as that one guy? He has his own bobblehead. He's he's a very famous guy. His name is Todd Thomas. Hi, Todd. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm a little worn out, but I'm doing great. Good, good. So, obviously, so a little bit of backstory. Last year, you were hired by the PGA to be the uh, DJ at the uh, merchandise tent at the one in St. Louis, and you did such a great job that they asked you to move on to do this year's at the 2019 PGA up at Bethpage Black. How'd that all come about, and, and can, you, can you give our listeners a little bit, a little bit of that backstory? Yeah, so uh, the, the amazing thing about the whole thing is that uh, I got re, uh, contacted by a person from the PGA, and they didn't like know me from the Cardinals. They didn't know me. You know, anything they just, I guess, had found me online or something, and they reached out to maybe three or four different DJs to get a proposal to uh, play in the, they call it the shops. Um, it's the big merchandise, huge merchandise tent that they huge. set up at, yeah, at the championship. It's just awesome. But anyway, um, I was really creative in my proposal that I sent to them. I gave different levels of, because I didn't know what their budget was. So one, you know, the, the Arnold Palmer package, which is what they essentially went with, is the one where I was going to be there the most, you know what I mean? So they're getting a, you know, a person that's, you know, very experienced and professional, so, so, so forth and so on. But anyway, so what we did is uh, it was a 10 day event where we are set up in, uh, we actually, I'll just preface by also saying this, the tent here at Belle Reve in St. Louis and the tent that was just at Beth Page in New York were identical pretty much with the exception of, a few, this may have been a little bigger things, but I mean, everything, this, if, if you went to it last year, it's pretty much the same thing this year. And we set up our little stand. They've got speakers that are all around the tent, so we really don't have to bring anything other than our laptop and a mixer to get into their house system that then we play from 9 a.m. until the tent closes, which ranges between 7 and 8 p.m. Um, for 10 days. And what we're basically doing is playing music for the people that are in there shopping for to keep the vendors from going insane because they have, you know, they start at 6 a.m. and get done at, you know, 8 or at night. Um, and so in the past, I think they just had, like, music that was a 25- or 30-minute mix that kept repeating. So imagine hearing the same songs over and over and over. Right. You know, so <laughs> so we were we were refreshing for them. And then also I think I think really what, what, what was so huge is – um, they broke records at that tent last year. I mean, St. Louis came out and represented. Um, the tournament was great. You know, it sure did help the Tiger um, was there playing on Sunday. And um, But uh, so I think they kind of said, you know what, we got a lot of great feedback. We enjoyed working with you. Or we're, are you available to come out to Beth Page? So uh, the guy that worked it with me last year is named Steve uh, Gendron. And he went out on Thursday, worked all day Friday and Saturday because there were Cardinal games here in town. And then I flew out Saturday night. And then, so if you can imagine then the rest from Sunday to Sunday, uh, we flip-flop. We just would take a half day, either work 9 a.m. to like 2.30 or so, and then 2.30 to 8. And uh, it's a lot of fun. But, man, I was telling Steve on the, on the flight back today, I just I literally got home about 20 minutes ago, that uh, – yesterday when I was DJing, I was looking at my computer screen and I felt like every song I looked at that I had played like 900 times, you know, it's just like my <laughs> brain was fried. <laughs> felt like a Y98 playlist, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Played, uh, that's funny. Play the same 12 <laughs> songs over and over again. So 
obviously, you know, the, the PGA in St. Louis was a huge, astounding success. Looking on television, I realized that Bethpage is a much, much bigger place yeah. than Bell Reeve, you know, acreage-wise. How were the, I mean, were the, were the crowds similar in size? What did you observe? Um, were the, you know, were some of the similarities and some of the, and some of the differences between what you saw last year in St. Louis and, and, and 2019 of a Bethpage? Okay, well, uh, the, um, it, that, that whole park is just amazing. And I think there's five golf courses. Right. It's a huge, all the huge golf area. Courses within, yeah, it's massive. And um, the funny thing is our hotel was less than two miles from the, uh, uh, the entrance to Bethpage. But I had to either take an Uber to a share park and ride lot where they shuttled us in, or we had a rental car that we drive to a different lot that then we get shuttled in. So even it didn't matter that we were that close. But the different thing here, uh, the same thing happened last year. Uh, you know, you couldn't park on on the premises. But uh, so it's just it's it's massive. It, it's it's amazing. And that course is there's a reason that it's you know ranked the number one. It's it's just absolutely stunning. It's really really cool. Um, the uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, and then as far as the 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 here in St. Louis, we had I mean it was hot, but we had great weather. And that opening weekend, when the tent, the merchandise tent is open for anyone to come, whether they got a ticket, you know you don't have to have a ticket for it, you just come in and buy stuff. Um, it was really cold and rainy up there for that, and so we really didn't see very big numbers, and they were a little disappointed. And it still was kind of that weather Monday and Tuesday, but then once the sun came out and it started to you know, get into more play. It got progressively busier until Saturday was just a madhouse there. It was beautiful. And, you know, Tiger was playing – or Tiger didn't uh, – on Friday, you know, everyone following Tiger around, but then he didn't make the cut. So that, that kind of doesn't help, you know, for your numbers. But, um, yeah, the, the, the setup is, is awesome. Um, and then as far as I would say what one thing that was identical, Andy, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Brooks Kepka won last year's event right, here exactly. in Delaware, yeah. and he won this one. He's back-to-back to, back to back PGA champion, back-to-back back U.S. Open championships. I, 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 I don't think even Tiger's done that. It's, it's really kind of amazing. So how were the, I mean, how were the crowds in general? Were they, were they polite? Were they, were they the, the yelling New Yorkers? What, what kind of attitude did you, did you run into up there? Uh, that's a great question. It's funny. I went in assuming that, you know, they were going to be, like you kind of assume they're going to be, you know, they say everyone from the Midwest is friendly and up there they're, they're abrasive and all that. Um, I didn't, as a whole, they weren't as bad as I thought they'd be, but the ones that are, are ridiculous. <laughs> they, they have no, you know what I mean? They just, they're like, just, they, they don't, they don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other thing that's kind of funny is uh, it seems like, so the area that we're set up in, a lot of times we look like we're a, place that you would check out and you'd pay for your items right and so we're constantly telling you know people come up and they hand me a hat and they want me to ring them up i'm like <laughs> i'm the dj you know you check out that way and most of them are pretty cool about it but but you know i'm also in the area and i've got a yellow we got a yellow laners on and so that's who the vendors are that you ask questions about stuff so we end up really helping out a lot doing that too while we're while we're djing but what i noticed that i, I di- didn't see here at all is they're attention span or they're they're in such a hurry they'll come up and ask you a question and if you even like pause to think about what you're going to say or aren't giving them the answer fast enough they just walk away really you know it's like 
It's like, like, hey, can you tell me where I can find the the hat with the the, the bucket hat thing? And I go, you know, I think it's and it, forget it. And then they just they just walk away. You know, like they want their answer right now, right now. Give give them the answer. You know, and I think that's that hurried pace that you know it's more New York City than it is really where what Beth Page or Farmingdale is. But you know, it's kind of Long Island. You know, northeast. Were there any other cool kind of behind the scenes stories that you know? Did you run into any famous people? Did you who'd you see? What'd you uh, do? Hello, hello, okay, hello, I got a couple. Hello. One of them is fresh off the presses, and that is um, uh, just this morning um, at about, uh, let's call it 1.30 a.m., uh, I was at, uh, so um, the the area, there's, there's one main street that kind of has a bunch of bars and restaurants on it that we hung out most of the time when we weren't at the tent. And uh, it, it Sunday night, though, it has, because we, you know, we were there for 10 days. So we were there two Sunday nights and the first Sunday night, it was just, there's not, no one on that, uh, in the bars or anything. And it was kind of the same way, uh, last night, even though that tournament was over, but then we, we went into do our favorite bars called the dark horse and met up with, um, some of the interns and people that were working the, the tent there that we had met through the week and we're just hanging out. And so imagine a bar a little bit bigger, but about the size of Sundeckers okay. Okay, on the landing. And we're just sitting there at the bar, and um, it's, you know, maybe 20 people in there. And Brooks Kepka comes in. Oh, really? With his girlfriend and an entourage of friends of his. And proceed. he was first trying to be incognito. He had, like, a hoodie on and, you know, up over his head. But then I think he realized, you know, I am who I am. And he started to uh, have some drinks and stuff. And everyone in the bar, we did a shot with him. So, it was pretty cool doing a shot with Brooks Kepka after he won the tournament. Um, we, uh, let's see, uh, the other famous uh, run-in was uh, uh, Jim Nance uh, came to the tent and did like a special appearance, you know, where people could get their picture with him for Vineyard Vines sponsored that. Okay. So we made announcements that, hey, make sure to stop by the Vineyard Vines area. Jim Nance is going to be over there, your legendary broadcaster. Well, when he was done, he came over to our area and I, I was leaving right about that time. My other DJ got to introduce him and then handed him the microphone and he talked for about 15 minutes. So that was pretty cool for him because he's a huge golf fan. Steven is. So. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Uh, any, uh, any thoughts on the golf itself? Did you guys, did you get to watch much or did you get, get it on the course yeah. and see stuff? So, so here's the thing. Um, if, for a person that is all geeked up and loves golf, um, you there would have been lots of time to go out and watch it when I wasn't when I wasn't working. I'm not crazy about it. I, I saw two live shots last year. I saw zero live shots this year. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't working, I just wanted to get out. I was tired. I don't but, uh, um, Steve did go out. Oh, I got one more funny thing. So when when I arrived on um, Sunday. Sunday morning, um, it was raining, and no, it was Sunday afternoon. I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon. It was raining, and uh, the Uber driver, you know, because they hadn't had all the streets blocked off yet, and so we're trying to follow where we're supposed to go. And I just had put in Beth Page course, and it was taken there. And so we we start, we drive off the road into the you know on this driveway in like a parking lot, and then we continue. You know, there's tents up everywhere. We're driving on a cart path, and I, we, I look around, and oh, we, no. are in the, we're, we were in the middle of a fairway at one point. I go, dude, this isn't good. 
this isn't good. And then just then I see a golf cart coming towards us. You know, I'm sure they were going to get super pissed, but it's, before they say anything, I rolled down the window and the back said, we're lost. He goes, you're damn right you are. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> so, so somehow the person that was supposed to be at the guard shack wasn't there. and We didn't know, we, you know, but <laughs> we were on, I think it was a whole number one or two, right? There's a car path that goes through the fairway. We were right there. So I grabbed a few pictures. <laughs> awesome. That's very cool. Talking to Todd Thomas, uh, in-game host for the St. Louis Cardinals and owner of Porter Party DJs, the contracted DJ for the PGA Championship. Are you going back next year? Are you going to do Ryder Cup stuff? What's your involvement going to be uh, continuing going to be with the PGA? Yeah, there was a lot of talk about that. Uh, obviously, I don't have a contract signed yet, but here's what, in a perfect world, here's what uh, the future would look like for for us. It would be um, – doing the uh, PGA Championship that's going to be in San Francisco uh, next year and doing the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits uh, in September of 2020, which would be, I hear that's just phenomenal. And then while we were there, um, we uh, gave out cards to, and I've since emailed a proposal to someone from the USGA um, and then also someone from the US Open, which is like, two full weeks of tennis in New York. So yeah. I don't know if any of that stuff will come into fruition or not, but I, I the, the, the whole thing, Amy, that's pretty, I mean, you're, you're a DJ, you know how important music is and stuff, but the fact that, you know, they realize if you're playing some upbeat, fun music and, you know, I, we p- see people singing along, they're oh, yeah. going to spend more. And our, our motto kind of was if their heads are bobbing, they're spending money. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. All right, uh, Todd Thomas, plug your uh, tell us about Porter Party DJs. Go ahead and give us you, you give a quick plug out to our listeners. Hey, uh, uh, yeah, check us out. We're at portapartydjs.com. Uh, we're professional, fun, very experienced, and we have great sound equipment and lights. Awesome, Todd. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. We really, really appreciate it for your uh, insight for what was going on at the PGA. Con- uh, continued uh, success with with everything. Thank you, Andy. Take care, Todd. That was Todd Thomas. PGA DJ, well, extraordinaire, with us right here on the STL Happy Hour podcast. All right, that was our interview with Todd Thomas, as I just said. What'd you think, Alpina? First and foremost, I thought the guy was uh, was awesome. I yeah. thought he was oh, super high energy, uh, super outgoing. I-, I thought the stories he told were were clear and understandable. They weren't like jumbled and stuff like you know what I mean. Like when yeah. somebody, sometimes people tell stories like our ADHD will get going and we right. kind of dance around and whatnot and he so was on it point. didn't click with you until about a, t- a couple minutes into the end of the interview who the guy was right so explain so if, if it took you a second explain sure. to, to the audience who he is so yeah i was i was sitting here listening to the interview and uh what i what i figured out was like you know when you go to a cardinals game and they have like the in-game games that they let people play yeah like well, answer the trivia question that's or, him yeah, yeah that's the guy that's, i had no idea yeah he's that one guy he is that one guy. This is that one no guy idea. on the back of his on the back of his Cardinals. So when jersey. they play those games, the trivia games and things like that, that's <laughs> actually him. So that was really cool to put a face to the uh, to the voice. Yeah, that was really cool. I thought the stories he told were really good. Um, I thought the funniest one, obviously, was when his Uber driver was on the cart path, like, and what? then on the fairway, then in the middle of the fairway, <laughs> at Beth Page Black, like Jesus Christ! Oh my God, that 
anyone who knows the security and the tightness of security at these events, if you've ever oh. been blessed to go, it's through the roof. So the fact that that happened and then and the, the fact fa- that it didn't go really, really bad. And the fact that like they weren't surrounded by the National Guard yeah. with, with M15. M- they're very lucky. Are they M15s? Is that, is that what they carry? I think so. Are they automatic weapons? Yeah. Being, who are you and what do you want? Yeah, it's very lucky. It's very lucky, especially in a place like Beth Page, man. Thanks to Todd Thomas for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate it a lot. He uh, could be a guest in future episodes. You know, he's, he's just a lively guy and a, and a, and a good conversation yeah. to have. So I'd love to have uh, Todd on again. So He did have me start thinking about a few things that are actually going to lead me into a question for you. Okay. Um, one thing that, I really, that stood out to me that I just was thinking about was I went to the PGA Championship last year, and the first thing I thought to myself was, was holy crap, the music is super loud, but it's super good music, and it's like upbeat music, you know. He was playing it inside that tent. Now, when you're in there, like, but it was also remember the remember the long walkway yes, up. Yeah, that was also his music there. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I, pretty much any public area that had music, it was his music going. Wow, that's really cool. But I mean, like, I was thinking to myself, like, whenever I go to like a store, I hate shopping. I'm not a big shopping fan. I know the necessity behind it. But when you play music like that, like upbeat music like that, it actually makes you actually more likely to spend money. It absolutely it's proven. It it absolutely does. Yeah, I never thought about that. Talking about me being a DJ as well. Talk, so we usually during dinner, the the bride and groom is like, "Oh, can we get some Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin or right. some classical music or whatever?" Mm. Towards the end, I'll just kind of go off that playlist and start playing like upbeat soft rock. Yeah, and kind of get people. It back. makes people eat. Yeah, it get it helps me get their crowd back, makes them eat a little bit faster. Yeah, and helps move the evening all of it so there there is a science behind that i, I do have a question though all and right it, it hit me yesterday uh i don't know where i was driving with lauren i think oh i was driving out to uh my parents house to watch uh game five uh of the blues and all i could think to myself as i was listening to whatever station it was was i feel as if music is just not very good anymore and you we were talking during the break tend to have a little bit different view of it a little bit like, I think there's way too much Drake out there right now. Sure. I think, like, one point last year, he had, like, 15 of the top 20 songs Which on the Billboard crazy, Top 100. Dude. Could you name one of them? No. No. And I'm, I'm supposed to know this stuff, and I can't keep up with it anymore. So, like, I, I started, like, jotting down, like what, my, like, what my theory was here. And my theory okay. was that, like, music, obviously, was just... And I sound like an old person, which kind of scares me, man. Right, but me like too. in the fifties, you had Elvis, and you had like Frank Sinatra. In the sixties, you had the Beatles and the Grateful Dead. In the seventies, you had the Rolling Stones. You had CCR, and let's be honest, you even had disco, which did produce, I mean, great music. It really did. Yeah. In the eighties, you had like Motley Crue and Guns and Roses, and then even country from the countryside, you had like George Strait. And then in the nineties, you had the whole grunge thing take over. You had Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Uh, Soundgarden, then you had the boy bands in the end of the 90s, and then in the mid-90s you had Tupac and Biggie, and you had Garth Brooks from the countryside again, and then in the 2000s, it kind of like, I mean, Justin Timberlake broke out in 2002 with his first album, Justified, but like, outside of that, like, can you honestly... Like, I guess early on in the early 2000s, late 90s, you had, like, Blink-182 and bands like that. Like, I still love that music. And you have to go to Dr. Dre and Eminem. Dr. As Dre, well. Eminem, right? And think about how much stuff they produced. Right, but I'm saying like now, like modern day music. Can you think of like honestly really good bands nowadays? Like it doesn't have to be bands, just artists, music. Like is there? Maroon 5 is still very relevant. 
Okay, I like Maroon 5. I'm, yeah. I'll be with you on that one. Um, so I'm kind of flipping through the... So there, I guess there's a guy named Luke Combs right now who is just outstanding. He's a country guy. Yeah, Lauren would know him. I don't know him. Here's here's Luke Combs. A little Luke Combs for you. Ooh, banjo. Song's called Beer Never Broke My Heart. 73 degrees right here at 93.7 <laughs> The Ball. I missed that post. <laughs> Okay, so what are your initial thoughts of Mr. Combs here? I like it. Okay, have you heard of Sam Hunt? Yes. I'm a big fan of Sam Hunt. I've seen him twice in concert with Lauren. I'm a big fan of him. Do you Uh, like the crossover pop country stuff? Some of it. Like, I'm not a Luke Bryan guy. We went and saw... What about Florida Georgia Line? I'm okay with some of that. I'm okay with some of it, too. It's not great. Some of it's good. It's boy bandy. I don't get this Billy Eilish. Eilish? Who's that? I don't even know who that is. God, I'm getting so old. This is this stuff is huge. She's huge right now. Huge, huge, huge. What is her name? Billy Eilish. Sure. E I L I S H. Never heard of her. She does everything in lowercase. She's got a good voice. The song's called Ocean Eyes. Naturally. Okay, so this is better than the other ones I've heard. I mean, like, her voice is good, but... Yeah. Like, we, uh, Lauren and I like James Bay. Big fans of James Bay. Yeah. Another James is James Arthur. So, like, there is good music out. I'm saying the stuff that will, like, um, stand the test of time. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be right now. Like, I'll tell you who's really in trouble and is rap. Oh, yeah. Like, I haven't heard good rap since the aforementioned Dr. Dre and Eminem. Like, back back in the day, you had N.W.A., Tupac, Biggie, uh, Run DMC. You had everything back in the day, man. And then now it's like 20 years later, it's like Fetty Wap or Waka Flocka. I, I don't know, man. I think I'm actually aging myself there. I think that's like early. That's like 2012. I'm not even sure what now is. Maybe I'm just not cool. I don't think I'm cool anymore. I'm actually 100% sure I'm not cool anymore. But I honestly don't oh, know Oh, don't sell yourself short, Judge. I'm telling you. I'm it's, telling you. It's, it's been my contention for a long, long time. That Into Club by 50 Cent is probably the best beat of the 2000s. Now, this this is just the beat. This is all Dre. This is Dre and Eminem. Aftermath. Yeah, but, like, what happened to 50? Like, where's he at? I guess he's just so rich he don't got to rap no more. Whatever happened to Young Jeezy? Where'd Young Jeezy be? You remember Young Jeezy? Yeah. Like, his, uh... Hang on. What no. was his real big one? Put on. Put on. Yeah. And there's actually a remix of that that I love, and it's with Jay Z. Jay Z. Yeah. I put my Yankee cap on because I because I hate Kanye. Yeah. Here, listen to this. Did you like old Kanye? No. Really? I've never been a Kanye guy. I put on. This was. This is the jam. The jam of jams. The jammy jam. When is this? Like 2008? Seven? Seven. 
He knew about the recession coming. That beat, man. Sick. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Yeah, the Jay-Z part's fantastic. He paints auto tune. too and those two hated each other for a period of time yeah holy crap but those were great man this is the best song of the last year in my humble opinion okay take a seat right over there sat on the alicia? stairs alicia? no maren morris zed and gray i think zed and gray are kind of like electronica guys listen to the production value of this with the cans on, you can really hear it. Right here. Here it goes. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. So why don't you just meet me in the middle? In the middle. It's just a fun, upbeat song. I got to ask you, have you ever seen the movie We Are Your Friends with Zac Efron? I don't think so. You got to see it, man. I, I wasn't even thinking about this, but like as a DJ? Yeah. it's He is a DJ, and he's trying to make it big, and it's so good. It's such a good movie, man. Does he make it big in the movie? Yeah. Oh, you lucky. Yeah, but you got to, uh, you got to, uh, the, the, the actual the soundtrack, if you look up the We Are Your Friends soundtrack, I actually have it. It's actually a... Uh, uh, Cause he, they, they actually have one where like he and he put it together with somebody else. It's called uh, uh, Cole's Cole's Memories by Pyramid. Okay. And he did it. But anyway, the movie itself's really good. You'd love it as a DJ. You would love it. You'd be a big fan. Do you like DJing? Do you love it? Love it. Enjoy it. Whatever. Yeah. What are your pros and cons of it? What are the pros? Oh, the bars. I mean, after a while, I mean, the bars are fun while you're in your while you're in your twenties and sure being irresponsible in your thirties. Yeah, 
so done with the bars. Yeah. That's those are the cons. Uh, I've been very lucky as well with brides. I think I no bridezillas. I don't think I've ever had one. I had one crazy mom one time, mm. but, but even she was manageable. Yeah, because I was just able to calm her down, and I forgot what the situation was. I was just gonna say, what was she going back crap over? Who the hell knows? You're gonna ruin my princess's special day. Fuck you and your special day. <laughs> With whatever music you're playing, you are that's not the, ruin it. You are not the first person to ever get married, and you're <laughs> not going to be the last. Oh, God. But, you know, you're talking about music from the 70s and 80s and 90s. So Spotify puts together these things called daily mixes for me. Yeah. It's like on my daily mix one. So it, it just it knows what I, listen, what I listen to, and it just it puts stuff together for me. So isn't that a cool technology, by the way? Yeah. I mean, that's like when Netflix knows like it has matches for you. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like this song here. 1983? My dad was 21. Such an 80s vibe. Uh, this is 84. Thompson Twins, Hold Me Now. I mean, this is stuff I dig and I listen to often. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what my whole, like, diatribe was about. Was It's like, I just don't know if anything's going to really hold up the test of time. Like, does Taylor Swift stay on another 20 years from now? Probably. Okay. I, all right, I guess I can see that one. I guess I can yeah. see that one. I just miss actual rock and roll, too. Although, I, I people tell me it's still around. It is. I guess it's just harder to find. I'm going to find you some right now. Like I was a, I'm a big fan of these uh, this brother duo. They're called Royal Blood, I think. Yeah, see if you can find Royal Blood. Figure it out. I'm a fan. These fellas sounds like they're from over the land. I believe they are English. Okay, I got I got royal blood figured out here. 101 million listens on Spotify. That's because of Howard Stern. Really? He recommended them. My cold and tired hearts. I love this right here. It's a sick guitar riff. This is good. One other band that I found that I think you might really like. I have something else queued up, but we'll do it after that. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. I, I need to check that out some more. Get this. Okay. Lady Gaga. Oh, I forgot about Gaga. One of the best singer-songwriters going right now. Yep. Agreed. 
Can you guess what her most listened to song is oh, on shit. Spotify? Uh, and it is by over over 300 million listens. It's not going to be the newest one, Shallow, it right? It is. Shallow has 649 million listens. Well, I'll be honest with you. That Shallow is spectacular. That song is spectacular. That movie's great. There's Sorry. another song called Million Reasons that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, it, Giving Me a Million Reasons. And it has... 337 million listens. That's on her other CD, Joanna. And then coming in next, and this is all just Spotify stats, uh, Poker Face and Bad Romance. Oh, how do you wake Lady Gaga up from a nap? Poker Face. Poker Face. (laughs) Those each have 301 million listens on it. I'm still angry with Bradley Cooper about... The whole being attractive and rich and director. And now you can sing. Can sing. Fucker. Annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? He really sounds good. Yeah. Or do you need more? I don't think there's a lot of, there's a lot of effect on his voice either. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, but not a lot. Part always gives me goosebumps with her. I know. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? I'm So talented, man. So talented. Incredibly. So good. I can't believe I forgot about her off the list. Where do you put Katy Perry? 
I, I put her at like supremely talented, but again, like it's just, it, I don't know. It's really poppy. It's really syrupy. Talking about like putting effects on people's voices. I have all kinds of fun stuff I can do here. Oh, wait. Is that working? Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. Why isn't that working? You can put a. a oh, and maybe I want to do that. There it is. Oh, hi. No there. way. Hello. That's Hello. awesome. Hi. What else do I have? So that one's called Bright Room, Warm Lounge. Small stage, warm theater, warm hall. Ooh, I gotta back that down a little bit. What do I have here? Dude, you gotta say something ridiculous though while you have this. You gotta just say, think something funny. Uh, about concert hall? Concert hall. Hall. Here, that's on your voice too. Oh my god, so now my ridiculous voice is booming. Uh, Walmart shoppers. Uh, Red light special on condoms in aisle seven. Aisle seven. We also have a cleanup in aisle seven. So this is actually a very effective uh, singing effect. It's called a plate reverb. Right. Uh, What can I sing real quick? It's amore. What's like? What's the leading line? Come of this? fly with me. Let's oh. fly. Let's fly away. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn, and a king. I've been up and down and over and down. Oh, you know what I was thinking of? The Cardinals theme song so far this year. Riding high in April, shot down in May, but you know I'm gonna find that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. I said that's life. That's life. And as funny as it may seem. Funny as it may seem. I forget the rest of it. All right, so this one is called, now we're on Cathedral. Oh. Nice. (laughs) All right, here's a little, uh, what's this one here? There's a little chorus. Hello? Hi. There's not much going on Hello? there. Hello? I don't feel much chorus. No, there's, there's a little bit of chorus and reverb. Ooh. Ooh. My voice section. Is this what this is? This is what this must. Is this what your voice sounds like to you? Like this booming. This is what it. This no. Is, your golden pipes sound hear, like this to all me. All I hear in my voice is lispy. Oh, dude, no. Tell me something. Yeah, that's, girl. that's what it was. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or is this something more? Wow, actually, it does make you sound like... You sound like Bradley Cooper. I'm falling. Into the (laughs) something. We're not not talented enough. We're just not talented. We should have pulled up the lyrics. That would have been the better way for us to do this. I'm going to do that right now. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to sing it. I can Are you it. from London? Hello, governor. Shallow lyrics. That's pretty good. This thing's awesome. This is Andy's personal mixer, and this thing is... So I, ha- I used to have one that like, had a hundred different effects on it. Yeah. And We should do the whole show like this. It would do like, <laughs> it would do like a real high-pitched album of the Chipmunks, and then it would be like, you're going to die. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could put that like Satan voice on. Lawrence Dutch. 
All right, here we go. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Oh, you got a little squeaky there. Is, I'm not a professional singer. <laughs> Is there something else you're searching for? I'm falling. In all the good times, I find myself longing for change. Then in the bad times, I fear myself. See, what you should be doing is doing, you like have Bradley play like five seconds and then you stop it and then you play five seconds and see how you sound. Oh, Like okay. side by side. Is this entertaining to anybody? It's entertaining to me. All right. So let's do it. Okay. Let's be honest. We do the show to entertain ourselves. Pretty much. I hear Bradley with two lines. Clear my throat. You drink water. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? All right, here I go. Here we go. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? I thought it was pretty good. Thanks. All right. Sound I'm check. Done with the effects. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Maybe we, should, maybe we should flip to the rest of them real quick. All right, okay. so that was on. That was a little chorus and reverb. Uh, this is a doubler. Doubler? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's creepy. So this was this was an effective thing back in the day with, uh, who was the guy who molested the kids? Phil um, Phil Spector. This is creepy. So Phil had his, had his wall of sound, okay? All right. The wall of sound was doubling up on every instrument and vocal he could. Sometimes tripling. So like on some of the songs. So like if I'm you gonna... stop this right now, if you take the doubler off. And we just sound like this. And right. then when you put it back on, this we sound like this. And this is called a doubler? Yes. This is very creepy. Welcome to the house of whores. Mwah, ah, 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 ah. Dracula. I can count one, two, three. Three. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone is still listening, if anyone oh, is still listening, this is your fault. We have derailed. It's a Christmas song, but it's produced by Phil Spector, so just deal with it. You can hear there's lots of different sounds going on there. All right, so that's produced by Phil Spector. So that's just it's so just is called, he using the doubler called, on that? It's, no, he's actually using more than one instrument, or actually might be. He probably, what he probably did was probably recorded it once and then recorded it again on top of each other. Hmm. It's called the wall of sound. Hmm. Okay. All right. So this is doubler. Yeah. I mean, like the doubler didn't exist back in 1960. Right. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, how so, the hell did he do it? So he yeah. just played music on top of another. Yeah. So just bed. tape over the, the dub. Yeah. Just dub over it. Uh, let's see. What do we have here? What's next? Uh, this is an echo. Oh, hello. Oh, my God. Hello! Here's a, uh, a fast delay. Hello, hello. Now batting. First baseman, number five, Albert Pujols. I like that one, actually. This is, a, this is a medium delay. Hey, can you hear me now? 
your St. Louis Blues. Here's a slow one. So obviously, uh, episode 14 is going to be the end of the SEL Happy Hour. I, I will. I mean, plus we're going to probably get snagged by iTunes for playing so much music. They have like bots. Oh, if we, if we, if we, if we. Oh my God, we got to turn that off. <laughs> well, oh, that's really creepy weird. with the laughing. The last one's called a pandelay. 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 Switches back and forth. Back and forth. Oh, so it's just going from right ear to left ear. In a delay. In a delay. So, like, if we were having two. Conversations, conversations at once. We'd really get confused. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had we've had to have lost all of our listeners. By They're now. all gone. They're all gone. I'll tell you what. I'll, the real test is if I ask people what we talked about afterwards, if they remember. <laughs> that was pretty cool, though, man. Honestly, the, that mixer is pretty wild. That's yeah. pretty trippy. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's there's some pretty neat things out there right I now. I do have one final band I want you to look up. They're called Kaleo. K a l e o. And play the song Hot Blood. I think you'll like it. I'm hot blooded. Check it and see. I got a fever of 103. You should go to the hospital. Come on, baby. You can do more than dance. I'm a big fan of the guitar riffs. Like this a lot too. This is very seventies esque, very seventies yeah. rock, very I mean simple but complicated. Yeah. Just a bass, electric guitar, and some drums. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of this style of music. Me too. Love it. Hey, did you happen to see the crazy uh, story? This is from this is only St. Louisans will care. But did you see that about Tower T? No, what's going on now? They've saved Tower T. They saved it? Yes, they have officially saved Tower T. I'm pulling up the story now. Like, it literally... Is that breaking news? Uh, Yeah, like two, three hours ago, man. Pretty crazy. So, like, for those who don't know, Tower T was a little um, place where you go hit golf balls. You could do uh, batting practice there. Um, you, they had like slow pitch softball, stuff like that. They had, uh, putt putt. They had a nine hole golf course. It was great. It was perfect for kids. It was great for like a golfer who just wanted to get out there and try to sharpen their swing up. It was really an awesome spot. Uh, a couple years back or a year, I guess it's been two years now. Um, it was bought out by a, uh, what was, who's it bought out by McBride? McBride. A developer, a homing developer. And they were going to turn it into uh, 180 homes. So here, I just finally got the story to finally pop up. Yep. So this story is from the STL today. The developer who planned to build 180 homes at Tower T in Afton, Missouri, has agreed to sell the property to buyers who intend to preserve it as golf and a baseball complex. Uh, Steve Walkenbach, a native of Afton who now lives in Arizona, said he and Mike Shima, a longtime friend have and business partner, will create a brand new facility that preserves the legacy of Tower T 
while also providing a contemporary experience for patrons. That's awesome, dude. That's, That's so, so cool. cool. Instead of having just more cookie cutter houses there, now we're going to have that. That's awesome. I like that so much more. I don't know if Buck Swope listens to this to this show or not, but Buck Swope has been a huge, huge advocate. Yeah. Gone before the county council, went and yelled at Steve Stanger all the time. <laughs> Sounds like Steve Stanger needed to be yelled at. Uh, a little bit. So I, this was kind of a passion project of his. I don't know how much he had to do with all of this. Yeah. But, you know, I, I know if, to, to the folks who really wanted to preserve Tower T, it's congratulations. It's just so it's so, so awesome. Yeah. So uh, Steve Wallen, uh, Walkenbach, the guy, uh, one of the guys who's going to be responsible for actually saving this said, uh, it is our hope that the St. Louis community grows to love and support the new golf baseball slash slash softball training and recreational complex, uh, just as the old Tower T of old. That's, that's awesome. Uh, the new project will open up in the fall of 2020, so it's coming around. It needed an updating. It had been there a long time, obviously. So yeah. the fact that this is happening, they're able to do it with new facilities and create, I would imagine, that they're so obviously, you know, it, it, the dining experience is now kind of what can I do while I'm dining, which mm-hmm. is kind of what Top Golf is. Yep. It's all about the experience now. Yes. And when you see things like Westport Social, Mm-hmm. And there's a place over here called TBD, which is an old, it's just a kind of mini version of Westport, of Westport Social. Yeah, so it uh, looks like, just to kind of explain what kind of happened here, a joint venture of McBride Homes and J.H. Barra Construction closed in February on the original Tower T with the intention of building homes, saying they would consider using part of the 28-acre property for a public park. But McBride said the firms would wait until St. Louis County Council member Lisa Clancy held a series of town hall meetings before submitting plans to the county. McBride's plans would have required a zoning change approved by the county council for commercial from commercial to residential. Yep. But that was unlikely to occur for at least several months with two vacancies on the council and a councilman, Mark Harder, a McBride employee, saying he would not vote on the plan. That's good. They kept that out. They didn't let a McBride employee vote on that. I like that. Uh, Clancy said on Monday that McBride CEO John Eilerman realized there was substantial resistance in the Afton area to developing uh, against Tower T. And when the buyer emerged, he said, I let them know that the development was like Tower T would definitely have my support. That's awesome. That's so awesome. It's really cool. That's really cool. So they saved Tower T. Wow. You don't have to hear that, man. I didn't think that was going to happen. No. Usually, usually, you know, the guys with deep pockets and McBride has some deep pockets. They usually prevail. Yeah. And the little guy prevailed. Wow. That's really great. That's awesome. I'm happy. To hear, I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, random podcast thought that I uh, talked to you during the break that I told you I wanted to ask you. Cause yeah. I'm shocked that I don't know this. All the talking we've done to each other. No idea that I don't know this. How did you and Kelly meet your wife? How did you and your wife, Kelly, meet? Oh, is that DJing at a bar? No shit. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And you played one of her favorite songs. No, I like the teaser. She hated that song, TikTok by Kesha. Everybody should hate that song. Yeah, she really hated it, so I played it for her all the time. Oh, my God, it's so bad. Yeah. Took her out. The I had a girlfriend at the time when I met her. Okay. I was a classy guy. Terrific. Terrific Typical, stuff. typical Andy bullshit. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Kelly and her friend and then uh, one of their mutual friends, uh, we all went down to Denny's after the bar closed at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. in Collinsville, mm-hmm. and we smooched a little bit. But she, uh, there was nothing going on that night. Yeah, nothing. She goes, nah, I'm going home. She's a good girl. She's a good girl. Yeah. 
And then we had lunch a few days later and just kind of built from there. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm trying to think. Uh, Lauren and I met. Uh, I met her at Fraley's. Yeah. Ironically enough, where I, I were you working that night? Yeah. So I walked in and I and I had a, I had a hot take, um, and this might upset some, but I'm not sure. So like, um, I had been to the gym earlier that day and I was doing um, some laundry and tanning too. Yes. Yes. GTL. I was doing. Uh, <laughs> I was doing like shoulder presses, and I, after I got done doing it, uh, a young lady sat down next to me, and she was so strong that she out shoulder pressed me by like 60 pounds okay i'm not a small guy no not at all i'm not a huge guy but i'm not a small guy by any, yeah by any means and i was blown away and this this she was like a professional like bodybuilder oh okay right and i'm like i've never seen that many abs on a human being before do you like 10 of them yeah so i like walked in <laughs> and i asked my buddy dave i go dave i go I, I just need to know like are you attracted to women that are like really really super muscular like it's just not my thing and he was like, we just talked about it or whatever. So then Lauren was sitting there with her dad, and I literally, like, never seen her in my life. I'd never seen Lauren in my life. And I go, hey, how about you? What's your thought on this? I go, are women, if they're, like, really muscular, are they, like, is that hot? And she was like, no, not really. But she's like, I also like to eat a hamburger, like, all the time. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And that was kind of how we met. And then, uh, yeah, she was friends. She is friends with my buddy Dave. And that was kind of how we just mutually met was through that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. She tried to blow me off the first time we, we ever hung out. Well, obviously. Yeah. She, uh, she should have. She said, what did she say? I go, hey, you want to go out? And she said, uh, it's raining and I don't want to get my hair wet. Yeah. So she faded me and then I faded her for like a month. And then and then we ended up, you know, in this unholy union. Yeah. So. Now it's holy. <laughs> now it's holy. Now it's a holy union. You're, so, yeah, man, that, that was how we met. I used to love to meet girls like that. I like play. If I saw a cute girl, I throw a song in the jukebox and I'd be like, "Who's singing this?" So I'll buy you a shot if you tell me who's singing this. That's a good one. And they'd be like, "Oh boy, I don't know." I said, "I guess no shot for you." Did you have like set songs that you knew most people would not know? No, I would pick easy ones. Okay. Because I wanted to buy the girl a shot. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I was back in my single days. Not really single days, just whatever. I don't want to, everybody knows that I was back when you were running the play. Back when I was running, the, I was you know hating the play and not the game, or hate the game, not the play. I hate whatever the saying is. So I was down in uh, uh, I was down near Washu's campus yesterday. Yep. I was getting tattooed. Shock! I was getting uh, a tattoo. And uh, have you seen the new Washu campus? I mean, holy shit! It's like, huge, for real, dude. They are it. It's expanding. I don't even know where they're gonna go. Like I don't know. They, if they have to. They have I to thought. Only go I thought for up. sure they were landlocked. That that's what I'm saying. But they've literally pushed it out now to the sidewalk. Oh really? It's incredible. Anybody Google Washu's campus? It's it's incredible. Washington University's campus is it's unreal. I've never. I haven't been down there in a long time. It's so beautiful though. It is pretty. It, it's so beautiful. I played a great golf course on uh, Saturday afternoon. I played over at Spencer T. Olin here in over in Alton. I love that. Spencer? Had a great time, yeah. How'd you shoot? You know, I had a couple of big blow-up holes. I had a had a had a quad on number three, and then I had a I took a seven on number uh, number fourteen. Mm-hmm. So it was already seven over there. Yeah. So on top of my boat, so on, with my bogey golf, and I'm going to usually be about eighty-five to ninety, and I shot ninety-five. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't real pleased. Plus, the putter is cold, ice cold. Oh, you're not ice, feeling it. Ice cold. Yeah. So yeah, love those folks over there. What a great 
Jim, if we went there after 2 o'clock, $26 Twilight Play, all you can play. Wow, that's actually pretty good for that yeah. course, man. Yeah. I think they do. And even like during prime times, like early mornings on weekends, I think it's only like 50 bucks. And then you can find packages where you get free food mixed in with it as well. Like they'll buy you lunch or buy you breakfast and lunch with your with your rate. Wow. So had a yeah. great time over there. Played my uh, my fan pin championship match on Friday against a guy named Matt West. How'd that go? Did you win? I did win. Nice. I won three and two. Nice. Again, the putter ice ice cold. But you had a but the driver the driver was in the driver was was pretty spot on. Uh, I'm not going to bore everybody with the with the details of hole by hole, but no, take uh, us by hole one, take hole one the, first shot. I made a really actually I made it. Fa- I was 138 yards out from the white tees, which is one of my longest drives ever on that hole. It was probably close to 260, 270. Wow! I hit the shit out of it. Yeah, uh, hit an eight iron, I believe, to about 10 feet, missed the putt, but I made by made par. Uh, at one point during the front nine, I was up three, went into the back nine plus one. By the time we got to uh, 14, no, 13, we were all square. Then, uh, I so I had, I knew I wanted to put it away. So I had I had to get my head out of my ass, kick it into gear, and I uh, parred 15. No, I'm sorry, parred 14, birdied 15, and double bogeyed 16 to win. Three and two. Nice. And explain to people who don't know what. Yeah. So match is. play is it doesn't really matter what you shoot. It's like a, it's a it's a so score. Is it hole by hole? Hole by hole score. So even though I made double bogey on eight, he made triple bogey. So I won the hole. Right. So I was so at that point I was up three with two to go. As long as your score was lowest on that. hole. Yep. As long as, as long as my score was lowest on that hole, I won the hole. It's like we, you get a point. Yep. And and, yep. And if, if you tie, you have. And if you lose, you lose a point. Nice. So, well, congratulations. So you move on what to a round of how many left? I move on to the round of what, like I believe 16? I think the round of sixteen. Yeah, I won. Th- I won three matches last year or two. I think I won two or three matches last year. Anyway, I play Chrissy Runner Girl in the. Oh, you play a young lass, do you? I do. Nice. I have to give her a stroke a hole. Really? Okay, so she's already starting up as if she's down eighteen. Pretty right? much. Okay. So no, I'm down eighteen. You're down eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Lauren's birthday's coming up soon. Yeah. And initially I was going to take her to see the Backstreet Boys. Right. Okay. And then I looked up the prices to see the Backstreet Boys and it was like $200 plus service fees. And I don't like the Backstreet Boys that much. And she even said she didn't like the Backstreet Boys that much. What the hell should I get her for her birthday? Or where should I take her? What should I do? I have no idea. I This is not radio... BS. This is straight up. Is it a special birthday? Is it a, is it a special number? Well, every birthday with Lauren is a special birthday, Andy. Come on. Don't be an it's ass. true. Don't be an ass. Don't be a stupid. Yeah, no. Um, what is this? Uh, she was born in 1990, so this is 29. Okay. So it's not the big, big 3-0. You know, I don't know. I mean, we're for her actual birthday, it's really awesome. A friend of ours, Sydney and Artie, we got t- or they got us tickets for uh, Tom Segura. So we're going to get to see that on her actual birthday. Right. But I feel like I should still get her a gift. You know, no, I could, you absolutely should. I mean, of course, you can get her flowers or whatever, but... Here's my rule of thumb Kay. from the old guy. Yeah. Don't get her anything she can plug in. So, like, no vacuum, I guess? That's a bad idea. It's a bad, <laughs> it's a bad, bad play. She'd beat the hell out of me. Um, Understandably, honestly. Jewelry is always a nice play. Yeah. You really yeah. can't go wrong with jewelry. Um, other presents I've given that. Like she, she loves flowers, but dude, I, really, I can't stand giving flowers. They uh, die. Ugh. 
Some Waterford crystal. Excuse me? Some Waterford crystal. What's that? Crystal. Like, it looks like glass, but it's crystal. Oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah. So, they, and they make, like, ring holders. Okay, yeah. But be careful, because crystal, I think, is the third or fourth anniversary gift. Oh, I don't even know the rules on the gifts, too. I don't even know Oh, what you that can is. Google those every year. Say, first, okay. an, first anniversary gifts, it gives you the whole list of okay, stuff you good. can buy. There's the, there's the old-timey gifts and the, and the modern gifts. Okay. Do you guys do that? Do you exchange those gifts like that? We do. Do you really? Uh-huh. We, so we had, I, we had copper this year. So what'd you do? I haven't given it to her yet. Oh, sorry. Because she, she hasn't made my present yet. She says she's oh. making me something. Oh, you ma- she's making it? Yeah, she's making me something. Oh, that's pretty cool. She just hasn't done it yet. Lauren made bows the other night for E. She's now starting to make bows. That's fun. For her hair. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It's cute. I used to, when I worked, I worked for a company in uh, St. Louis that provided IT support to small companies. Mm-hmm. And one of our companies was a place called, oh God, I can't think of the name of the place now. They were over in St. Peter's and that's what they did. They made bows. Really? Yep. And they sold them to Dillard's and all the big stores. Well, that and, was a, like Lauren's point was pretty simple. She's like, I could pay $6 for a bow or I can make it for like $1.50. And it's like, well, yeah, just make the damn thing. It only took her a very short period of time. It turned out nice. Yeah, I'll be going to the Sweet 16 of the, nice. fan, of the Fan Pin Championship. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Very exciting times. Hey, one more quick note about uh, about Henry Plumbing. Uh, you know, they don't have the stuff that the big box stores have. That's they have, right. They have very cool special stuff. I got to take you down to the showroom sometime. We, you got to get here early one night so I yeah. can see, take you down there so you can see it. Uh, visit one of your nearest showrooms if you have a plumbing project that you need to pay attention to. If you want something really cool for your kitchen or your bathroom, or even if you want like a cool like slop sink, they can make that happen for you too. They are Henry Plumbing Showroom. Visit them online at henrykitchenandbath.com. It's henrykitchenandbath.com. Henry Plumbing Showroom. Take her or leave it. Coming up next on the STL Happy Hour Podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. This is one of my all-time favorite songs. Faces. Yeah. Ooh la la. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so funny that you played this. I'm not... I'm sure sometimes people listen to the show and they think it's like um, scripted, but I can promise you that there's nothing scripted, nothing scripted about, scripted this, about show. this show. Absolutely Holy nothing. Holy crap, man. I love this song. We had a little bit of an outline to talk about blues at the, at the first segment. Oh, I love this A little this bit song. of an outline. That was about it. You're like my spirit animal. <laughs> Back here for the final segment of the STL Happy Hour Podcast, brought to you by Henry Plumbing Showroom, right here on the St. Louis Podcast Network. Andy Hanselman, John Alpina Sandner, alongside, sitting across the table from me. But a good show so far. It's time for Take It or Leave It. You ready? I'm ready. I'm going to pot that down a little bit. bit. All right, so we'll start with a fun one first, right off the bat. Take It or Leave It. Seth Rogen is launching a marijuana company called Houseplant. Okay. All right. So this story, I'm reading it here from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, it says, the This is the End director is launching his own Canada-based marijuana company alongside his filmmaking partner, Evan Goldberg. Evan Goldberg, by the way, is who, uh, who is the influence behind uh, Michael Sarah's character in Superbad. Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I uh, love Superbad. Yeah. Such a good movie. The company, it's called Houseplant isn't just focused on producing new strains and products, though. It also helps to educate users on the different types of strains, how to ingest marijuana, and also how to roll blunt. And in truly on-brand Seth Rogen comedy style, Houseplant's website is pretty hilarious as well. Uh, You can enter your age information, and there are three 80s-inspired videos that teach you about marijuana and the company's (laughs) branding. 
that's pretty awesome. Uh, according to Seth Rogen's Instagram account, uh, he's been working on Houseplant for uh, five years. Dude, that's going to make him so much money. Holy crap. It, it, it's like getting in on the tech bubble. Yep. If you can find a way to get into the marijuana business or buy stock in it, yeah, it's time. Uh, that's actually ironic that you said that. I, I wanted to buy it and through my guy at Morgan Stanley, but they weren't allowed. They're not allowed to do it. Yeah, the they weed can't. Socks. They, yeah, they can't. But do you can it do yet. it through like E Trade and stuff. Oh, can you? Yeah, yeah, you can do it that way. Yeah, I'm taking that. I I am. Uh, you know, I'm not. I am not a pot smoker. Yeah, fucker. You a, you a pot smoker, fucker? <laughs> nice. My favorite part of that movie is when they're they're playing volleyball and. Uh, they're asking Fokker if he can spike it, and he goes, yeah, I have to get pretty high, but yeah, I think I can do it. And uh, Bob goes, I bet you would, uh, Panama Red. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Parents is an underrated comedy. It's a very underrated comedy. Very underrated. Great movie. Uh, so you'll take that, all right? Uh, take it or leave it. A new study says low-carb diets could actually take years off your life. I'm not shocked. I mean, you're consuming bacon and cheese and meat. It's got to lead to heart disease. It's got to. So according to the study, if you only eat meats, greens, and nuts, you'll probably lose weight, but you'll feel suicidal in the end. Oh, my God. Most low-to-no-carb diets don't allow for cookies, bread, or worst of all, beer. A new studied feature in the Lance- featured in The Lancet might make you feel a lot less guilty about that donut that you just gobbled down while watching TV. <laughs> I love these articles the way they're written. This is from Esquire. <laughs> uh, let's see. Researchers found that both high and low percentages of carbohydrate diets were associated with increased mortality. Uh, with minimal risk observed in 50 to 55% of carbohydrate intake. However, a diet with low-carbohydrate dietary patterns favoring animal-derived protein and fat sources from sources such as lamb, beef, and chicken is more likely to kill you. You know what I say, Alpina, just like with everything in life. Moderation. Moderation is the key. Yeah, it says... You can have carbs. You You can't have 50 carbs a day, but if you can have 30 or 40... Yeah, it says researchers concluded that the source of food notably modified the association between carbohydrate intake and mortality. So, you know what? Next time you are wondering, should I have uh, nuts or a donut? Have a donut. Have a donut. Just go for it. Have yourself a little donut. This one kind of scared me because we've talked about this before, about like automation and how I honestly truthfully believe like we'll all be on like a government stipend in like 50 years. Right. Have you not seen Terminator? Boston Dynamics. Have you not seen Terminator? This article from Bloomberg says uh, automation, robots, and globalization are rapidly changing the workplace and governments must act fast and decisively to counter the effects uh, of a worsening social and economic tensions. Almost half of all jobs could be wiped out or radically altered in the next two decades due to automation. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. Oh, I believe that easily. I mean, we have machines here that have, that have replaced four people. Really? Yeah. Even in your business? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know, man. You That's still just... need people to run them? Yeah, you, you still need that. I, I, I like it's uh, The article keeps going on saying uh, changes in employment will hit some workers more than others, particularly young people with lower levels of education and women who are more likely to be underemployed and working in low-paid jobs. So how do you feel about these? The, you know, there's, there's a big push right now to push kids towards the trades again. Because there was such a push for college that I there's, I that there's, that. there's a shortage of carpenters. Oh, I've always said, I, and actually, if I ever had to do a full reset, which I almost had to do last mm-hmm. year, yeah. that I go learn to be an electrician. Oh, yeah. That'd be great money. And great it's money. stable. 
stable. There's always stuff to do. Trust me, I often think There's about the, that. The guy that we have that comes by here, we just got some of those big-ass fans installed out in the shop. Yeah. First of all, those things are fucking cool. Yeah. Turn them up. It was weird to screw with them. You can turn up to it like to, to 100%. I yeah. mean, and you think the building... Blow you out the damn door. Oh, it's going to blow you out the door, and you're about to take off. It's like a propeller. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, unfortunately, here's some of the uh, stats that they believe what's going to happen here. 14% of jobs are expected to disappear due to automation in the next 15 to 20 years. 32% likely to change radically from automation. Wow. One in seven workers are self-employed. One in nine are on com- are on temporary contracts. Six God, out of ten workers. Con- those contract jobs, man. Mm. Have you done contract work? Yeah. Uh, I've never done that. Yeah. People, I mean, it's great for some folks. Yeah. If, if you're looking for stability. Yeah. I See, stability the pay, is the most underrated thing. The pay is great. The pay is wonderful. Yeah. But they can pull the rug at any time because you're just a contract. You're just you're you're just a machine. You're you're just a you're just a piece. You're not an employee. They can just pull it right out. Budget's done. We're over budget. Got to go. Wow. Union membership has fallen by almost half in the I past three that. decades. Three decades. Wow. Wow. That's why the, that's why the unions aren't as powerful as they used to be. You know, uh, yesterday was the end of Game of Thrones. It was. And as I mentioned, Lauren and I just started watching it, so we're on like episode four? Yep. Season one. So we're, uh, we've still got like 90,000 episodes still to go. But uh, yesterday it was the end of Game of Thrones, and uh, after eight seasons, uh, it's tough for people to say goodbye sometimes, you know? Yep. It's just tough to say goodbye to your favorite characters. But fortunately, uh, there is something you could do. Uh, bark.com. This is a real story, by the way. Bark.com. Uh, is offering specialized Game of Thrones counseling sessions for those who need it. The website says that qualified show counselors will be available to discuss plot twists and storylines to help fans digest their feelings, which can range from anger to confusion to sadness to grief. Most importantly, the counselors will be on hand to guide fans on how to move on after almost a decade of fandom. Bark.com will have counselors available via Skype for 30-minute sessions for $25.00. Or for $51, you can get an hour-long session with a counselor. And fans can book as many would, sessions as they want. Why wouldn't you just do two half-hour sessions and <laughs> save yourself a dollar? <laughs> why would you not do it in general? Why? Oh, my God. Why do people do this crap, man? Have you ever finished a show and been so heartbroken that you needed a counselor? No. I mean, like... Oh, I, maybe the West Wing. Uh, I... Why was, I mean, I yeah, I, I still miss the West I'm Wing. I'm telling oh, you. I hear it's coming back. I hear the West Wing is coming back, which I'm very Seriously? excited. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is it going to be uh, Aaron Sorkin again? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that'll actually be big. That's so, huge. I, I know this will Because we talked about Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip before. Love Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Great show. Nobody has watched that. Seriously, go watch that. That show needs to be like, that'd be a great thing for Netflix to pick up. If, if, if they could find yeah. a way to do it cheaper. I don't know what that's about. Why they can't. I guess because it's just so expensive to... It seems that Netflix has has money to coming out the wazoo. Yeah. So unfortunately, Andy, uh, I know I know you love Kelly very much. But I do. Your other dream girl, she's officially off the market. Carrie Underwood. No, take it or leave it. Scarlett Johansson is now engaged. Oh. Scar, Scar Jo's gone, man. She's left. So you know yeah. who she's engaged to? Who's she engaged to? The head writer of SNL, Colin Jost, the guy who does the Weekend Update. Really? Yeah. Did they, they meet when she was they hosting? They met this? on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. Lucky. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. It says uh, this is on E Online uh, News. 
E! News learned that the couple was dating back in July of 2017, so they've been together for a minute. Yeah. Uh, the pair has tried to keep their romance on the down low. However, it's been hard to hide their love for one another as they've walked the red carpet together at the Avengers Endgame premiere. Yeah, that pretty much does it there. If you bring your uh, your boy toy to the uh, biggest movie ever's premiere, that's kind of that kind of says we're we're in it. Uh, who are do you? Uh, if if the if the past thing were real, if what? If the past thing were real. You know what I'm talking about? If you are there, are there five girls that you have a pass with? Oh, okay. Who would who would who would your five be? Oh, you're talking a hall pass. Hall pass. Hall pass. I was like, what is the pass thing? Hall pass. Oh lord. Well, like so, like I like. Um, I'm a big fan of Blake Lively. Blake Lively's my. She's favorite, neat. But she looks like Lauren, so it's perfect. Kind of works out. It gives me like a free go there. <laughs> Uh, Amber Heard, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I know Amber Heard. Or she's 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 awesome. Um, God, I'm trying to think, man. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, I got a big thing for Ava Mendez. Oh, do you really? Big fan of Ava Mendez. Big fan. You a fan of her in, in uh, Hitch with with uh, Will Smith? Big fan. Yeah, yeah. she's she's cool uh, too. I like it. Uh, uh, I like Jessica Biel. Still. Yeah. Yeah. She's still a cutie. Yeah, I like Jessica Biel. And then, you know what? Just to bring it all home proper-like, yeah. Je- uh, Jennifer Aniston. I like Jennifer Aniston. Strong move. Yeah. Uh, J-Law. Oh, yeah. I th- I find her fascinating. Yeah. I would just didn't have a beer with her. Yeah. She's, she's a different she's, cat, She'd be totally, totally cool. Yeah, she's a different cat. Carrie Underwood, my girlfriend. She, she's coming to town right around my birthday for a concert. Let's just take the podcast there. We'll meet her. Yeah. Hey, can we get some uh, media credentials to go meet Carrie? Who? Dude, you, uh, I'm nowadays, her, you could totally say this is a media credential. I'm her boyfriend. Does she call you when she's in town? No. Rude. Yeah. Uh, who else am I a big fan of? Oh, that's uh, Marin Morris from the middle song I just played. She's very pretty. She's a cute girl, too. Yeah. Uh, golf. Guru, not golf guru. Maybe Instagram golf guru Paige Baranek. Uh, I'd have to look. She's her up. a cute girl too. Yeah. And of course, to bring it all home, my I wouldn't do it because I love my wife so much. Right, Mrs. Kelly. <laughs> you son of a sack ass! You sent me up. <laughs> Lauren, you're still my number one. You know that. No, I'm Kelly's my number one too. I would never do it. But um, that's a good question. The hall pass one. That's a good question. Uh, speaking of hall passes, uh, this is from the U.S. News Report. Take it or leave it. U.S. births have fallen to its lowest level in 32 years. People ain't banging, huh? I don't I hear know. That, I hear, that, I I hear know. that the I hear that the millennials don't have as much sex. I I also have read that. I also have read that. So you know, per this story, it says fewer babies were born in the United States in 2018 than any other year since 1986. Federal data indicates. Uh, there were nearly 3.79 million births last year. The fourth year in a row where the births uh, number have fallen all the way down to 2014. Uh, between 2017 and 2018, a decline in births was seen across major racial and ethnic groups. Births fell 3% uh, for both Asian and American Indian and Alaska Native women, while white and black women both saw a 2% decline. Hmm trying to see why it's saying it does uh oh it 
The new CDC figures uh, were based on 99% of all births in 2018 and also show the country's total fertility rate, an estimate of the number of births of a hypothetical... Oh, this is getting way too deep. Stop it. I'm not reading that. Stop it. Stop it. What are they, what, why would you even write that? So what do you think it is? I mean, I'm trying to... It doesn't really give like a reason as to why it is. Well, they. I mean, they're saying protection. People are using... Um, I didn't know people still use condoms. Well, no. I'm going to phrase that. Uh, no, uh, I think more of along the lines of like birth control. Oh, okay. Like the pill. Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll just... Did you read this? We should have done this when we had the uh, the re- reverb going on. Oh. This uh, commencement speaker at Morehouse, uh, he gave $40 million to pay off all the I graduate student loan debt. I saw that. How awesome is that, dude? That needs to happen a lot more often. Uh, this story is from KSDK.com. Graduation keynote speaker Robert F. Smith, a philanthropist and investor, speaking to the graduating class of Morehouse... 2019 proudly announced this past Sunday morning that he was going to eliminate all of their student loan debt. How cool is that? That's so awesome. That's incredible. A Morehouse official uh, told the news station that the gift was worth $40 million. Wow. Wow. Smith, uh, on his part, uh, founded Vista Equity Partners in 2000 and has since built the firm into a billion-dollar enterprise investing in technology software around the world. And the firm manages commitments of more than $46 billion and oversees a portfolio of more than 50 software companies globally. Good for him. Wow. How cool. You can't take it with you when you die. Yeah. Do something good with it. Smith is a graduate of the Cornell University and Columbia Business School. Received an honorary degree from Morehouse on Sunday. Well, You're damn right of, he should. Speaking of Columbia University, I, mean, used to, I think it was Columbia University. But it was the, uh, they using their endowment that if you want to go to medical school there, it's free. Wow. They what their hope is, and it's it's not even a stipulation. It's just their hope that if you want to be a doctor in the Sudan, that you don't ever have to pay. But if you become if you go become like uh, you know a, a, a plastic surgeon and become a gazillionaire, yeah, that you'll give back to the endowment. Yeah. Well, that, that's fair. I would think that's fair to give back, don't you? Yes. I think they have hundreds of billions of dollars in their endowment. You know what? So, just a side thought. I'm reading this article uh, on Barstool Sports about transgender people being upset over the male-female Snapchat filter. Do you have Snapchat? Yes. Have you seen this? Yes. I don't have Snapchat, but yeah. I, I'm looking at this article. And I guess you can essentially turn yourself the opposite sex by with the app. You sure can. I might post that as the uh, main picture for our uh, for our uh, podcast tonight. It's kind of crazy, man. Uh, let me find it here real quick so I can show you how scary I am as a woman. I'm, I'm shocked that the transgender folks are upset about this. It's really weird, man. You know what? I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I promise I get it. Yeah. But stop. Yeah. You can't be offended by everything. Yeah. We've talked about that. You got to stop being offended by everything. You got to stop. It's just so... Well, because you got to wonder where the line is. Like, where does it eventually end with the uh, with being upset about everything? Where does it stop? <sighs> where... So you have this? You're able to do this on your... You're able to make yourself look like a, a beautiful woman on your Yeah, phone? here, I'll just, I'll just do Please it real do. quick. Please do. God, I look like hell today. I mean, just <laughs> hell. All right. 
Oh, I like the new phone cover. Yeah, big whole, fan. Uh, the whole new phone. Yeah, big fan. I'll tell you what, while you're taking a picture of yourself, making yourself look like a woman, I'm going to leave you with another take it or leave it here. Uh, take it or leave it, a man heard a loud crack while he was having sex and figured out that his penis had snapped in half. Oh, my God. Yep, this story is from the New York Post. Unbelievably, the New York Post. A Randy man has told... A Randy man has told how he heard a loud crack while he was having sex when his penis snapped in half. Sean, Sean Marsden, 48, was getting frisky with his girlfriend, Louise Gray... 36, when he, quote, slipped and heard his manhood snap. He writhed around in excruciating pain while he bends his penis. I can't read this. No. 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 This is... No. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> that should absolutely be the uh, picture for our podcast. We're not going to read this man pen- penis snapping. This okay. is too painful. It's okay. too painful. All I right, can't now, do it. Now, how do I save this? Just take a snap with your picture. Oh, so. damn it. Mm. <laughs> Take it or leave it. 62% of millennials say they are living paycheck to paycheck. I think it's probably higher than that. That means only two-thirds of millennials are paying, going paycheck to paycheck. It's pretty bad. Paycheck to paycheck is pretty bad, man. Pretty bad. This is from CNBC. Almost two-thirds of millennials say they are living paycheck to paycheck, and only 38% feel financially stable, according to a new survey from Charles Schwab. Millennials, more than any other generation surveyed by Schwab, feel the most insecure when it comes to their finances, according to roughly 380 millennials aged 23 to 38. Wait, does that mean I'm a millennial? Yes, you are. Am I really? Uh Uh-huh. No way. Uh Uh-huh. I'm a zenial? I was born between 77 and 83, so I was born in 77, so I mean, it means that I didn't have the technology as a young child, but I had it as a teenager. According to the article, uh, spending is not the enemy that we might think that it is. As a generation, millennials are also facing systemic financial issues that can feel overwhelming. They generally carry more debt than previous generations did at their age. For example, one major reason for all this debt is student loans. The number of Shocking. households with student loan debt doubled from 1998 to 2016. The median amount of loan debt millennials carried was 19000 significantly higher than Gen Xers' balance of 12800 at the same age. Well, we were talking about that because college is so much cheaper yeah. for guys like me. I think SIU was like, I said, I think it was like 2500 bucks a semester. That's all it was. Yeah, 45000 at Loyola for me. Yeah, you were telling me about that too. That sucks. Student loans are not the only kind of debt millennials hold, though. About 40% of millennials defined here as 20 to 35 years old, which is still crazy to me. I can't believe I'm a millennial. Have credit card debt. According to a recent survey by Lightstream, the online lending division of SunTrust Bank, millennials ages 25 to 34 had an average of $36,000 in debt. That's Ex- crazy. That's excluding home mortgages. Yeah, it's unsecured debt. That's crazy. Wow, dude. That's nuts. Did you, I couldn't sleep. Did you I, check oh into God. what we were talking about last week about the about how leaving a balance on yes, your... Yes, Lauren looked it up. Was, yeah. was I right? Yeah. Yeah. Lauren looked it up. Yeah, it's the same if you pay it off or leave like up to 33% on yeah. the card. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I just always pay the statement balance. Because you know it's always rotating. I just yeah. always pay the statement balance. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Thirty-six thousand dollars in debt. How do you get out of that? I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I think you just carry it until you die. Because I mean, let's say, well, or you, whenever you get your inheritance, you just take your inheritance, and start shelling it out to them, to the debtors. Oh God, dude, no way, Brutal. man. Uh, take it or leave it. The number one dream destination for American travelers, and it's not Hawaii. You're up. Let's see. More than one in four Americans are skipping a summer vacation. Can I have this initials, year. please? Let's see. Uh, <laughs> the initial it starts with an A. Asia. No. Africa. No. It's a dream destination. Dream destination. Hello, mate. Oh. Can I have the second letter of the first of the word? Australia. Yes. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. This is from CNBC as well. More than one in four Americans are skipping a summer vacation this year because they can't afford it. It also goes hand in hand with our previous story. While many others find it difficult to take time off. But if there are no travel constraints or time issues or money issues, American travelers know exactly where they'd like to go. The number one dream destination, Australia. That's according to VRBO's first U.S. Traveler survey, which asked 1,067 adult travelers where they prefer to go. Wow, that's crazy. I'll take it. I want to go to. I would, I'd love to go to Australia. Have a uh, Vegemite sandwich. I like what song you're playing now because of it. <laughs> I mean, I, that's why I did it. Wow, man, Sydney looks beautiful. I mean, it's. Wow. I, I guess there's not much away from the coasts. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's kind of though. barren. Wow. You come from a land down under. The survey also found that internet and Wi-Fi is the single most important amenity for American travelers of all ages when considering lodging, beating out TV, and air conditioning. False. Almost half of millennials, 45%, said they would travel purely for exploration in 2019, while Gen Xers, 20%, will travel for a special occasion this year. We're, uh, we're special occasion traveling this year. What for? Kelly graduating from grad school. Oh, congratulations. Yep, she just finished her last class. Nice. A couple weeks ago, but now she has to take one more elective this summer. So I think she has like eight more weeks, and then she's done done. Take it or leave it. Sleeping with the fan on at night can be bad for your health. Now, this is bad for me because I've slept, I've slept with the fan. Do you sleep with the fan? Yep. I've slept with the fan for 30 years. Yeah, me too. Probably longer than that. All right, so this is Maxim Magazine, which I didn't know they were worried about fans in your bed. I didn't know they were still around. According to a sleep suit... According to Sleep Advisor, sleeping with a nice breezy fan all night might not be the best move for a multitude of reasons. For starters, the moving air kicks up dust and pollen laying around and blows them up in your sinuses and airways. And even worse, if there's a nice layer of dust collecting around the fan, it it can actually give you asthma. Clean your damn house. Yeah. The stream of air can also dry out your sinuses, Andy, causing stuffiness and headaches, both of which are no fun at all. Who writes this shit? This is what it says. It's all clickbait, brother. Other potential issues are dry skin, dry eyes, and anyone who ever sleeps with their <laughs> sleeps with their mouth open knows what I'm talking about here with dry mouth. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I've slept with a fan for 30 years. It's not going to stop. I'm not stopping either. Leaving it. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're going to laugh at this one. Take it or leave it. President Trump's golf scores were hacked on the USGA website. No. Yeah. No. Say it isn't true. Can you actually guess what his scores were? Uh, I, we did this on the air the other day. I think he, he said he shot 68 somewhere. 
It's not that. Oh, talking about the, the the big numbers, like the ones the ones in the nineties. One hundred one, one hundred, one hundred eight, one hundred two. Where were those at? The, the scores posted were suspiciously unflattering to the famously vainglorious first golfer. You could tell who this was. Written. It was definitely written from a left. Um, God, yeah, it doesn't say where it's at though. It says Arizona. So you know, he said that he's like he's been a club champion seventeen times. Do you right. know? Do you know how that's happened? Because he's the only one playing. <clears throat> So like before the courses would like open to the rest of the membership, he'd go out and play around and mm. call it and call it the club championship. Get out of here. Are you serious? Yes. That's so brilliant. <laughs> he's such a schemer. So he's he's a hustler, man. Yeah. Big boy. Have you uh you've had to, I'm sure you've had to take like drug tests and stuff in yeah. your life. Have you ever had to use a fake penis to take a drug test? Why would I need a fake penis? Fair point. Well, uh, take it or leave it. Lamar Odom used a fake penis to pass a drug test for the 2004 Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamar Odom, famously NBA player, very popular player, very well liked. And it had, and I, I believe, ha- married had, to a Kardashian for a while. And had there. some naked pictures come out of him, and he has a stovepipe. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's packing heat. Yeah. Man. Here, talking my Pringles can. Uh, this is How about t- that? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. TMZ.com. Lamar Odom says he went to great lengths to take the court lengths. to take the court uh, for USA basketball in the Olympics in 2004 using a prosthetic penis to help him pass his drug test. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe he, d- he admits this stuff. He said that uh, he has a soon-to-be-released book, and in the book called Darkness to Light. He talks about Googling fake penises and studied different ways to beat the drug test. And after an exhaustive search, we ordered a giant rubber black penis to arrive the next day. I said Odom. cock earlier in the show. Yep. Odom <laughs> writes in an Sorry, excerpt. kids. Earmuffs. Uh, Odom went on to say, I unzipped my pants and carefully slid the fake penis through the zipper hole. To get the pee to come out of the tip, I had to squeeze the shaft repeatedly. Lamar Odom uh, admits he was paranoid that the fake penis ruse wouldn't work <laughs> with an official tester, uh, but he passed with flying colors and soon was on uh, his so way put, to so Greece. He put, so he put fake pee in the prosthetic penis. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. That's really I assume good. you've seen... That's going to town to do that, man. I mean, th- yeah, that's a pretty elaborate ruse. I mean, that's, uh, that's being committed to the cause. I mean, you really, really have to. Okay, so can you name all the Batmans? That there have been on TV. Let's just say on TV. Or, oh, on or, TV. Or, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Dude, yeah, TV and movies. Can you name them? So you have Adam West. Adam West. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. George Clooney. George, yep. George Clooney. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. <laughs> and then Batfleck. Batfleck, yeah. Well, now you got a new one. Do you know who the new Batman's going to be? No. Robert Pattinson. That's right. The, of Twilight fame. That's right. That's right. So this is according to Variety.com. Uh, Robert Pattinson has been pegged to play uh, the next Batman uh, for Warner Brothers. What are your thoughts on that? While sources say it's not a I don't done know deal about that. yet. Now, sources do say it's not a done deal yet, which, by the way, their headline doesn't really make that sense. Uh, Pattinson is the top choice and is expected to be uh, closed shortly as the newest Batman for the Warner Brothers franchise. Wow, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know either. I mean, 
Why can't Christian Bale keep doing it? I don't know. He's, I, the, he's been the best one. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm trying to read about this. A former Twilight... Why did they write that? Uh, obviously, Pattinson's most famous for Twilight. Um, he's 33 years old. He would become the second youngest actor ever to play Batman on the big screen after Christian Bale, who was only 31 when he started uh, really? Batman Begins in 2005. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no official start date, has, start date has been set for uh, the Batman. That's what it's going to be called. Uh, but it could start filming as uh, early as uh, end of 2019, early 2020. Wow. I don't know, man. I don't see him as Batman. I, I don't want to hate I, I on him. I don't see it either. I don't see it either. But in the world of weird, here's another weird one. Uh, Chris Rock is officially rebooting the Saw franchise. Yes, the comedian, the SNL alum, Chris Rock, is teaming up with Lionsgate to reboot the Saw franchise. And it's going to be released in 2020. First off, there's been like 17 Saws. Right. Why do we need more? And why is Chris Rock? And those are, and I don't like those movies. I like that and like the hostile movies. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that torture shit. Ooh, I think you'll like this one. Take it or leave it. A Danish politician put an ad on Pornhub to get people to vote for him. Sorry, he did what? He put an ad on Pornhub to get people to vote an for him. And on Pornhub? Yeah. I didn't know the Pornhub had classifieds. Oh, they do. Huh. Yeah. Is his name, what, what's his nationality? Danish. He's Danish. Oh, wasn't uh, uh, wasn't Goldmember's father Danish? I think so. Austin Powers and his father. <laughs> I, I, I just honestly can't believe the way they do things nowadays. I'm trying to think of a Danish name for Anthony Weiner, but I just I, I couldn't come up with one fast enough. <laughs> uh, per Esquire.com, it's a solid move considering the insane amount of traffic that Pornhub gets. Denmark is a 28th. Highest traffic source for the site in the world. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy, man. Wow, they watch a lot of porn. They watch a lot of pornography. Wow. You know what? And I think you can't really top that, so I will uh, leave you there with take it or leave it. Wow. Yeah, we really, we can't, we can't go on much farther from there. So. Alpino? Yeah. It's been a hell of a show, man. Yeah. Been all over the place. Had all a good over time. the place. It's been a hell of a journey. Go Blues. Yep. Game six. See you at the Stanley Cup. We'll see you at the Stanley Cup. We hope so. We're, we're going to jinx it. Something We're going to get yelled at by somebody. You guys jinxed it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Stainless Seven Hour Podcast brought to you by Henry Plumbing Showroom. Visit them online at henrykitchenandbath.com. For John Alpina Sander, I'm Andy Hanselman. You've been listening to the STL Happy Hour Podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. If this is all we're living for, why are we doing it, doing it, doing it anymore? I used to recognize myself. It's funny our affections change. And we're becoming something else. All right. So, real quick.